Welcome into the Blazers Uprise Post Game Show. Here are your hosts, Tori Jones and Eric Brandt. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Blazers Uprise Post Game Show. This was not the result that the Blazers wanted tonight. They fall to the Sacramento Kings 124 to 121. Their last second comeback falls short, and we will have you covered here on the Blazers Uprise Post Game Show. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the production tonight. Hopefully, you like the theme song. Shout out to Sundo over on Valley Paul for hooking us up with this new theme song it's just he uh he chopped up the uh the blazer song i think it sounds really really cool so um yeah anyway we're gonna talk about blazer basketball tonight basketball that actually mattered so we have things that we gotta break down uh we're gonna go in on a bunch of different things here uh we're not going to have the full package of graphics and it's going to take me a little bit getting used to getting back in the groove of things here with the production as this is the first legitimate postgame show I've done in quite a while. So hopefully everything goes smoothly. Our graphics guy that we have for this season went to the game tonight, so uh, he should be back at some point. But once we get him up to speed and he's able to help us, things will go a lot smoother. Anyway, Eric, man. What is the emotions tonight after an opening game in which the Blazers lose by three to the Sacramento Kings? Uh, it was an exciting comeback, but overall, I think I'm pretty disappointed with the energy level, especially in the second and most of the third quarter. Um, but yeah, just kind of disappointed that they came out flat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with that. It was a game in which I felt like they made a lot of obvious mistakes defensively mm-hmm. and it. We'll get into the main culprit because it's not a guy you expect. I'm not going to say it yet, but we'll go through every player that played tonight for the Portland Trailblazers and evaluate their performance. Uh, but overall, it's just it's going to come down to defense. And it's funny because the defense looked better and the offense struggled pretty much throughout preseason. And then for the first quarter, it kind of continued that theme. And then the rest of the game, it was right back to last year. We can't defend a thing. Harrison Barnes goes off for eight threes. I don't know how many points he scored. It was, I believe, yeah, 36 points for Harrison Barnes. A lot of those threes came with a certain guy guarding him that you wouldn't expect to struggle off the ball. We're going to have to get into that. Overall, the energy was disappointing. I've preached preached patience all preseason long in terms of these players picking up the system and figuring out their spot in the system, where they can get their shots in the offensive system, as well as learning something new defensively. That's going to take time. But what shouldn't take time is playing with intensity. And I loved the bench unit tonight, Eric, with how much intensity Mm -hmm. they, they played with. They kept us in the game and they really gave us a spark. And we've never really had that from a bench unit. So that was very promising, but it was very frustrating. The last of intensity at points in the second and the third quarter mostly from the starting lineup that's just inexcusable it during the third quarter there was a stretch where it felt like the team was sleepwalking and just going through the motions I also felt like they were slow getting to loose balls today and in a one possession game that hurts because if you get one or two extra loose balls you might win this game and this is pretty much what the Blazers did in a lot of games last year that they lost they would kind of sleepwalk intensity wise through games and then once the time called for it they would make a furious comeback 
on the backs of their insane shot making, sometimes they'd win, sometimes they'd lose. And it was just a little disappointing that it was kind of the same game today. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like Chauncey's going to look back at this game and realize it was a mistake to put the full starting lineup back in um, towards the end of the game. Um, I felt like the bench, um, some of the players in particular, I mean, actually, it was all four of the play- bench players that played Ant, Nas, uh, Roko, or not Roko, uh, Nance, and Zeller, I thought all uh, played really well, especially um, in that third quarter uh, slash early fourth quarter. Um, when you were, like you were saying, it looked like we were sleepwalking through the game. Those guys came in and gave us a bit of a spark. And I felt like when you have a bench that comes in and does that, you don't have to go back to the starters necessarily. You can ride that out and let them like earn those minutes, you know? Uh, so Mm -hmm. I, I felt like, um, I even mentioned this to you in the group chat during the game that the moment we lost the game was when we subbed Roko back in for Nance, because I felt like um roko had made a lot of mistakes that game and uh i just felt like we should have left nance out there when barnes was doing nothing um on him uh for the most part i know nance fell down on one in the post and yeah and barnes got an easy bucket but outside of that uh most of barnes open threes were with roko guarding him so um i just i kind of hope that Looking back, uh, he doesn't have to necessarily go with the starters in that situation again. Yep. Uh, I got to thank Andrew Miller. 12 months as a member. That's a whole year. Appreciate it, Andrew. What's up, Andrew? Uh, he, now channel members, once they hit milestones, can leave a comment in chat. So he says, great to see the Blazers back in action. Miss Blazers basketball. And even in the Lost Man, yes, I'm just sir. happy to have the team back. It was fun to be on the roller coaster ride near mm-hmm. the end of that game. Shout out. Uh, to I'll thank Dro's Dono first because Grace uses segues into what I want to say. Shout out Dro for $2 Dono. He says, why do we shoot threes when we have open twos? I mean, that's been the DNA of this team, and that's really the league at this point, Dro. Uh, I don't know. I'm not the person to ask. I, I would love somebody to ask the players on a couple, a couple of instances tonight in which especially Rocco's open three near the end of that game that he missed when he had Norman Powell wide open cutting down the lane. Norman Powell ended up getting to the line. Great hustle play by Nurkic, but it's like you can go get a lane. You didn't need a three there. I felt like we got three happy near the end of that game when we didn't necessarily need to. And that's the thing. You got shooters. So if they fall, it's awesome. And if they don't, you might be questioning it. So uh, I don't know. It's hard to really fault when you got three elite shooters like Norm, Dame, and CJ shooting those shots. The flip side, though, we struggled finishing a lot during this game um, on easy two-point shots. And then um, we did go for quick two at the end and then got a steal and got another two. So that almost saved us the game uh, going for, for two instead of three. So there were times where we did. Um, but there were also times where I felt like, uh, the short roll, especially Nurk, um, when he caught the ball in the middle of the key had, uh, shooters in the corners and could have kicked out. So it's always kind of both ways for me. Like I, I do agree that at times you should just take the easy two, but at other times I feel like kicking it to the open three point shooters is the best play. Yep, and then shout out Gray Hughes investigates with a $10 dono. Appreciate you as always, Gray. He says, Barnes making all those threes seemed like the same pattern. 
just stay on the guy. It's crazy. If he makes six in a row, he will make seven and then eight. Drives me nuts. And that's the point I want to make with Roko. It's so weird having what is known as our smartest off-ball defender make so many off-ball defensive mistakes. And it was a lot of situations where he was overhelping. And Sacramento did do a good job of kind of bringing the pick and roll up high, setting up the floor, and moving the ball behind us pressuring high on the pick and roll. But that wasn't where a lot of Barnes's threes were coming from, it seemed like. He got a couple off of that, and that's the thing, is if you're going to play an aggressive pick and roll defense, that's the downside of it. So you're going to end up giving up a couple threes. The mistakes I have an issue with is when the paint is already packed with offensive players defenders and whatnot and he completely leaves Harrison Barnes on the weak side after Harrison Barnes has already made six threes to mm. go and clog the paint even more to overhelp, and they kick it out to Harrison Barnes he hits another three and they said during the broadcast that Chauncey was getting on him for that and it was just frustrating because it's our smartest off-ball defender and he's overhelping off the hottest shooter in the gym and I don't know if that's because he you know, we were playing aggressively, so the backside defenders have more uh, help side responsibility, and maybe he just wasn't completely locked in, so he was kind of getting used to leaving his guy to jump in the paint. It's just, you got to be in the right spots at the right times. In certain situations, call for certain things defensively. Certain situations call for certain positioning, and it was just frustrating that Robert Covington, of all people, was the guy that really frustrated me with his off-ball defense today. Yeah, and the frustrating part is, okay, maybe you give up that three the first couple times he hits one, but when he's when he hits six threes in a row in a quarter, man, there's no – like, that's almost do not leave him under any circumstance territory. So there becomes a point where you don't help at all off that guy. If he's hit five in a row, like, don't give him a six three. So mm-hmm. – that should be a do not go like you better be within a foot of that guy at all times if he's that on fire and uh i i just this is where when teams speed uh the blazers up this has always been a problem we get mismatched on defense and i felt like um our defense tonight was actually pretty good when we were set and we're guarding the right players from the beginning of the possession um, but yeah, those in the third quarter, especially they just, they push the ball up the court. And then all of a sudden we have Rocco guarding like, uh, Fox half the possessions. And then the other half of possessions, he's falling asleep off ball or over helping, like you said. And, uh, I just thought he was like incredibly bad on defense today. And that's, um, that's bad when your supposed best defender in your starting lineup is the main culprit of your defense being bad. Hopefully that's just an outlier game from him. Um, but we can't have him guarding uh, quick point guards like Fox as much as he did. Cause that's not mm-hmm. his strength. And we can't have him making off ball mistakes because he needs to be the guy that's locked in on those off ball decisions and those help decisions. Uh, if we're going to have a good defense with Damon CJ in the starting line. Yep, wholeheartedly agree. Um, I felt like our bench unit played better defense than our starting unit tonight. I really mm-hmm. liked the way Cody Zeller and Larry Nance Jr. looked. I want to talk about our bench for a second here. Uh, 
overall, the bench unit was impressive and brought a spark of energy. That's the thing well, is, we, we were, go ahead. Speaking of the bench, Near Zero 12 member for 15 months. Thank you, Near Zero 12. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. He says it was a rough game to watch, but the bench looks promising this year. So it's just thought I'd different... lead you into a point that. Yeah, yeah. Great, great job. Great use of the <laughs> message there. Uh, it's so nice to have a bench unit that provides a spark, right? And that's what those guys are going to do. Larry Nance, Nasir Little, Cody Zeller, that's what those guys do. And it, I mean, in the past, we've had Anthony Tolliver, Mario Hazonia, Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Kanter. Ennis Kanter went after boards, but, I mean, Cody Zeller went after everything, it seemed like, tonight. Uh, Cody Zeller is going to be a fan favorite, absolutely, and uh, got a couple big offensive boards, chased down his shot after getting blocked. Like, Cody Zeller is going to be that guy that just plays his behind off and brings a spark. And that's the thing. Some games, we won't necessarily need it. But in games like this, where the starting lineup is seemingly sleepwalking through a portion of the third quarter, it's so nice being able to throw in a Larry Nance Jr., a Cody Zeller, and a Nasir Little because those guys play hard no matter what. And they will up the intensity. And sometimes that's what we need. So it might be a situation this year where we're asking those guys to get subbed in sooner into a quarter if the team is sleepwalking because those guys won't sleepwalk throughout a game. Yeah, I kind of want to see the lineups a little more intermixed um, because of that. And uh, yeah, it's just the way I put it is steady. Like, you know those guys are going to come in and you're not going to like blow a bunch of defensive assignments you're not gonna mm-hmm. um have to wonder if you're gonna match them on one end and get crushed on the other end uh so it, it's just, they're just those two in particular uh zeller and nance you can just tell how smart they are on the floor and uh that's without really playing with each other either because zeller has only played a few minutes of an actual game before he got hurt mm-hmm. so uh it'll be fun to watch the chemistry between those two grow because um, they're really smart players. And I think once they realize that they can kind of work together and they're both kind of similar players that they can really feed off of that and uh, maybe even have some two man action on offense to get each other good looks. Um, But defensively, those guys were uh, pretty much in the correct spots. Most of the game, unlike most of the other players on the team. And then you mix in two, um, really exciting young players and Ant and Nas, who I thought both played really well. Uh, Ant probably a little better in the first half. Nas a little better in the second half. But uh, both of those guys showed that they're absolutely belonging in that second unit and that um, it could be a big year for them if they get some minutes. Yeah, and that's what was weird is last year this starting lineup did really well against teams and our bench got right. outscored almost every game. Yeah. So... Despite the loss tonight, I mean, this is about as easy of a loss there is, if that makes sense. Because I felt like, as I said, the stupid mistakes with Robert Covington leaving Harrison Barnes for absolutely no reason. The offensive struggles, Damian Lillard doesn't hit a three. Uh, And then it seemed like the Sacramento Kings offensively played about as good of a game as they could. I mean, this, that's not real in-depth analysis. That's just kind of my feelings well, on it. On that real quick. So there was the funniest thing. We had four possessions in, I think it was the third quarter. So one, 
we play perfect defense. Like you can't play better defense, but Fox hits this like rainbow, like eight foot shot over Nas. Yeah. It somehow goes in Mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do about that. Right. It's just Fox making a really good shot. And then the next play down, I think they get like a light enough transition and we're all messed up. We didn't know who we were guarding and it looked like it was about as worse as we could play. And then the next, the third possession, we play incredibly good defense again. Um, it was basically like 22 seconds of perfect defense. And then Rashawn Holmes, of all people, who hasn't hit a three in years, I think, um, mm. hits a three. And But once again, that, so that's like two out of three good possessions. And then I think the, the fourth possession out of that, they get a, a Fox transition laying out of it. And so it's like in the span of four possessions, you saw two like really good possessions and two like absolutely terrible defensive possessions. And I think part of me wants to be encouraged that there were the positive ones, but part of me is like, dude, like you can't just yeah only play that way half the time. Like you have to do it every possession, and that's what I mean. Defense. But that's what I'm saying. It's like at least they're showing flashes because they right. didn't really show flashes last year. The bench unit when they came in in the first half, that was better defense than we saw all of last year mm-hmm. at any point. Like it was night and day, especially when you look at our bench. We're bringing in Mello and Cantor at the four or five off the bench to be able to go from that to the way the bench looked defensively in the first half was, I mean, just phenomenal. It's night and day different. So that's where I have hope going forward. That's why right. I'm not, you know, super down. It sucks to lose this game, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I like that. They showed some flashes, a really good defense, especially with the bench unit. Cause we didn't have that last year. It's just, we got to continue to work on things. There's still, we're still making mistakes that should get cleaned up the more we work on it, such as rotating too slow, closing out too hard, and getting blown by. And that's the thing. When you rotate slow and then your closeouts are bad, you're constantly scrambling because either you're not getting out to shooters or you're overextending on a shooter because you're late and they're driving past you and collapsing the defense once again. So that's the problem is it felt like we did a decent job of scrambling to the right spots and when we were set and not in scramble mode, I thought the defense was really good. The problem is, is we have a couple bad habits, such as watching the pass and then rotating instead of rotating while the ball's in the air, as well as poor closeouts that lead us into situations where we're just constantly scrambling. And I thought the bench unit with Nance and Zeller especially, they were rotating quicker. They knew where to be. And that's why I like those two guys, because they're really smart defensively. They know the spots that they need to be in. So I felt like that first half, we weren't constantly in scramble mode. But with the starters, I felt like we were rotating too slow. And that kind of goes back to intensity. We were not sprinting out to shooters. We were not closing out properly. And we were watching all the balls in the air. And that's going to lead to a bunch of quality three-point looks. And a team like the Kings, offensively, will be able to knock them down and exploit that. Yeah, there was a few times... uh when our bench was intermixed with the starters, mostly with Nance and Zeller out there, it I was almost like, wait, do we have six defenders out there? Because like I've never seen us rotate that quickly and be in the right places. And we we like trapped or hedged or showed on some of the picks and then recovered. And there was never an open man. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. And then like a few possessions later, like I said, then you see one and it seems like we only have four guys on the court because there's always someone wide open or two people wide open and it never seems like we're in the right spot. So like I said, if you want to look 
at it like from an optimistic point of view those flashes are there and those are all things that are coachable so if chauncey is going to be the coach that he claims he wants to be these are all things that can be cleaned up and then when you talk about if these things get cleaned up this is why we say if we're just an average defense so like tonight if we just play average defense um and we get our normal performance from Dame, or if he just hits like one or two out of instead of zero threes, I mean, we win this game going away. So, um, I mean, I'm not trying to say that like that's an excuse or anything because I'm I'm kind of frustrated that we lost this game. But um, at the same time, I think most of the stuff uh, that concerns me are things that are coachable if Chauncey holds them accountable and makes players earn their minutes and not just go back to the starters. Like I said, at the end of the game and stuff like that, um, like let the young guys play. If they're going to, if they're going to show out like Andrew Miller's $5 donation, Ant was damn near flawless. Hope that's the things, a sign of things to come. Thanks for the donation, Andrew. Um, like Ant was great tonight. I felt like he got taken out too early in the fourth quarter as well. Um, and I, I just like to see that kind of continue uh, to where you reward the guys who are showing it on the floor versus just going with the vets, um, like yep. we've seen in the past. Yep, Ant plays 18 minutes tonight. <laughs> Five for six from the field, one for two from three. 11 points, four assists. His passing was really impressive tonight. Ant looks great. And that, hey, he got a dunk, Eric. He <laughs> yeah. got a dunk in game one. He's already he on pace to... Yeah. yeah, he's already on pace to beat last year's four dunks in 70-some games. So uh, that was... He looked quick. He looks good. I'm excited to see what uh, Ant has to offer. I mean, everybody on that bench lineup, Nance didn't do much offensively and did have four fouls, so maybe it wasn't a great game from him. But everybody else I was uh, thoroughly impressed with. It's just it comes back to the starting lineup being able to defend because I I think the bench will be able to defend well enough, especially against bench lineups. They're not going to be going against – you know, a bunch of all-stars, superstars, high-caliber starters all the time. They're going to be going against bench players. So I think defensively, the bench will be fine. It comes down to, can the starters play good enough defense? Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's basically the biggest factor for our success this season, our biggest factor for potentially making a run in the playoffs. The starters have to be able to defend. Some people will say, Dame and CJ, can't, you can't defend well enough with both of them in the backcourt. I think we'll find out. You know, uh, we'll find out. Well, I think this is the right coach to have in place to make that happen. It's just you got to clean up the silly stuff that Rocco did today on Harrison Barnes. And there's other little things, uh, you know, I'll have to watch it back to really pinpoint more of it. But uh, you just got to clean, clean things up defensively. Yeah, I mean, they started a small lineup too. So you can't blame our small star lineup, right, for the the mistakes that were made. Um in terms of rebounding, it was almost entirely uh, Rashawn Holmes on putbacks on for in terms of their offensive rebounds. So that's our center's fault, which was Zeller or Nurk pretty much at all mm-hmm. times in this game. So that's on one of them. And a, cu- a couple of those, uh, they got caught in that no man's land where they're not coming out at the penetrator and they're not um, – you know, staying with their guy either. So got to clean that up to where they either commit to the, to the ball handler and stop his drive or stay on their guy. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, um, I didn't feel like any of our mistakes were because of size or because of our poor, like point of attack defense or anything like that. I felt like, um, all those in the half court, all those things were actually pretty good, um, initially on the defense and, uh, most of our stuff, like in the first half, I actually wrote this down. Um, Powell looked slow on defense too. It, like he, he had to pick it up in the first half. Like he was yeah, kind of sagging off his guy a little bit and it just hit a three and uh, he like he'll get open a couple times too. Um, and he and he just got blown by a couple yeah. times too. Where it's like Norm, I know you have better feet than that, and uh, he has to be better defensively because he was brought over with us thinking that he's going to be an above average defender, right? And he was not above average tonight. He struggled as much mm-hmm. as maybe anybody outside of Rocco. So it's like we have Norm, we have Rocco. These guys are supposed to help us defensively. They're supposed to be above average. Above an above average defender in Norm's case, a great defender in Rocco's case, and they're struggling defensively. Yep. So those two have to pick it up. Dame and CJ can be better. I think Dame was very solid today. Dame, I thought I didn't notice Dame defensively. And if you're not noticing Damian Lillard defensively, that's probably a good thing. CJ struggled, but here's the thing: those two guys get things done offensively. They just have to be good enough defensively. Yep. If your role, if you're a role player like a Norm or a Rocco. You got to bring the defense. You got to be good defensively. So that was kind of the biggest takeaway. And that's also why I'm not super worried about this loss. I think Rocco will be much better defensively in the future. I think Norm will be better defensively in the future. If those two were better defensively today, we probably win this game. The times where Norm's better defensively, he's like physical and that scrap has that scrappiness that Chauncey talked about needing from the smaller guards. And I just felt like tonight he was kind of passive and kind of like I said, sagging off his guys instead of getting up in their face on defense. And some of that's designed, like when you're guarding guys like uh, Fox, uh, when you get matched on them, like sometimes the game plan is maybe to force him to shoot rather than to let him get by you on the perimeter. But for the most part, I felt like he was just kind of going through the motions on defense and uh, definitely – if this is going to work, we can't have any of the five guys doing that. And uh, in terms of Damon CJ, I, I still feel like as long as our health defense is locked into place and we do the right rotations behind them, that we're fine with those two uh, on the court. And in fact, I would put them more on ball. I would just, I mean, I know it might make their offense suffer a little bit, but uh, I would I would have them on ball so you're not worried about them falling asleep off ball because I feel like Dame's better on ball than he is off ball. And uh, I, I'd rather have CJ make mistakes to where we can help him versus making a mistake to where it leads to an open shot um, like we saw with Roko tonight. So um, I, I'd rather put them in positions to where, especially against a team like the Kings who have – the three guards like um Halliburton really didn't do anything in this game um it was mostly Fox and and healed and a little bit of Mitchell I guess uh he was more aggravating on the defensive end than the offensive end but um just I, I don't know I'd, I'd rather I just thought there was way too many times where we had like Rocco on Fox and we should have had Dame CJ or Norm on him and just take our chances with uh, Fox getting by them instead because he's going to get by any of those guys. So what does it matter? Or he's going to get a pick 
and then your best off-ball defender is getting picked and is behind the play or whatever instead of in front of it to help. So I, I'd rather just make that adjustment and and have those guys. Uh, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but maybe put your worst on-ball defender on the ball if he's going to get screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what else you got? Chris just got... Uh, Chris is now home. He's our graphics guy this year. So we're not going to have everything graphically tonight. And uh, I'm working with Chris. We'll get things down. Let's for you get guys caught up on some of the chat yeah, stuff. Go so. ahead and, uh, and Zach Landia. What's up, uh, Whack? Uh, he says, make miss. I never regret Dame taking the last shot. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something you got to live with. Uh, Dame's going to shoot that. Uh, maybe in those type of situations where it's kind of a CJ game. You let him take that shot, but yeah, I'm never going to complain or get mad at Dame taking the last second shot. I think he's earned that privilege uh, pretty much for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Miller with another $5 donation. Thank you, Andrew. It says, when Rocco is a trash, which is rare, I love the two for two swap on the sub, Cody and Larry for Nork, Nurk and Rocco. Appreciate it, Andrew. Uh, let me. Yeah, I, I, I think that's. I mean, we're we're fine four and five. I think we're we've got a really good four man rotation there. I'd like to see them mix them up a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, or like I said, if if one of them is playing better than the other one, don't sub the other one back in. Just let the other one finish the game. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't blame Chauncey for doing that game one. It's kind of hard to to reward someone for after you know half a game or whatever. But um, in the future, hopefully, the players who are playing well on the court and leaving it all out there are the ones that get the minutes. Yep. Shout out Pineapples. My guy Pineapples. Uh, Lake, he's a Lakeshore legend. Uh, <laughs> new... Uh, new member, starter level member, appreciate it. So this season I am doing film breakdowns over on uh, a separate channel. And if you're a channel member, you'll be able to watch those. They're excuse- they're exclusive for channel members. Going to upload them every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, if they're late, might come Monday. But I'll break down some footage and some film from the previous uh, week. And a feature that I already know that's going to be a part of this first Film breakdown is going to be Robert Covington over helping off of Harrison Barnes. So I'll explain it. Shout out to you if you were with me when I started at True Blazer Fan. And you remember some of the film breakdowns I did over there. They're going to be a lot like those. So if you want access to those film breakdowns, hit the join button below. Uh, They're available to all channel members. Uh, So appreciate it, Pineapples, for becoming a channel member. Shout out Max Dang, $5 dono. He says, bald man takes it to the rim with authority. Eric, that was one of my favorite plays of the game. That was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Zeller looked like elite uh, catching the ball at the middle of the key. Uh, he had several good kickout passes. The times where he had the open lane, he took it right to the hoop. Um, so that's something that uh, – and he set beautiful screens. Um, uh Nurk always sets good screens as well. So, yeah, you have those two. Uh, you have two solid pick and roll options. You have two solid roll options now. Um, I actually want them to maybe, uh, especially the second unit, maybe run that with Simons passing to uh, 
to Zeller on the short roll or CJ doing it with Simons in the corner. Um, kind of exploit it that way and just see what you got. Just keep keep running it more until, until someone stops it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is being able to make the play out of that, but then also look a defender off as if you're going to a pass and then attack the rim as explosively as Zeller did is fun. It, and it's going to be useful when teams trap Dame to have a guy that you can throw the ball to and he can get to the rim pretty quickly, uh, quicker than Nurkic can, let's just be honest, yeah. uh, as well as make the pass out of that. So that's why I really like the Zeller pickup is because he's a good playmaking big, but he can also get to the rim quicker than you would expect him to. And that play was a showcase of that. Yeah, it's got that deceptiveness. <laughs> mm-hmm. That deceptiveness. Yeah. Uh, shout uh, out. Well, well, real quick about Go that. Ahead. So uh, I think it's pretty apparent Zeller. I mean, I wouldn't say he has better handles than Nurk, but he just he's so much in, more in control when he dribbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you saw Nurk, especially in the first half, lose the ball or get swiped at a couple times. Or we've seen in preseason, you know, him... Uh, getting a charge call on him because he's out of control or the defender set in those situations. Whereas I feel like Zeller just will either go around that or just kick out if the guy's there, but he's, he's so much more like centered when he dribbles that he's not going to pull someone over. So he'll, if a guy just steps up and tries to take a charge, he'll just kick it out to a shooter. And if the guy doesn't come in and set himself uh, up in between him, like you said, he gets to the room quickly. So um, but once again, exploit that. Yeah, keep running it. Uh, run your offense through Zeller in the middle of the key if if they're not going to be able to stop it. Yep, agree with that. Uh, Andrew Miller, $5 dono. Appreciate it, Andrew. He says, Ant's hook shot was clean. <laughs> that was that's sick. the craftiness I like, man. That's a, that's a really hard shot to stop. Uh, that was an impressive draft. Ant just looked like a different player today. Ant looked so confident. Uh, I love well, the way that, that he played, and that hook shot was really, really nice. I mean, his dunk, like, I, I it's hard to tell because there was no one there <laughs> defensively, so uh, I'm glad he went up and dunked it. But there was a play, uh, I think it was at the end of the third quarter, where the Kings scored with just a few seconds left, and Ant took the ball all the way up and went to the uh, – got a lay-in confidently. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the past, he's kind of – uh, faded away when he takes those kind of shots, but today he just kind of went up strong with his momentum going towards the hoop, and I felt like that that's uh, key in his development. But you saw, you know, three very nice drives, including that hook shot where he put the ball on the floor and made something happen. Uh, so you'd love to see that. And then uh, I, I felt like his one shot he missed was a bad shot. It was like an old offense type of shot where you didn't need to take a three with a guy in your face um in isolation but other than that like uh all of his shots were just good clean looks and uh all created by him for the most part outside of uh one of his threes i think so um yeah i i I like what i saw from ant and if he can become that steady kind of guy who can score on his own um on top of scoring easily within the offense because this guy's a lights out shooter at this point like i'm pretty confident he's going to be a 40% plus three-point shooter the rest of his career. Mm -hmm. He's just got it locked in from three. So um, you got to get that guy more minutes and more looks, in my opinion. Yep, agreed. Uh, Shout out to Andrew Miller, another $5 dono. He says, 
Norm looked like he was limping at points. Do you guys notice that? I did notice that. He's had that hip issue. I assume it's just that. That was his right hip that he had an issue with, right? I don't remember which hip it was, but he did, uh, like, he came down on someone's foot earlier in the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that aggravated his hip or his ankle or what, but. Yeah, that right hip. Uh, hopefully it's not something that lingers with him too long, but he's definitely been having that hip issue, so I assume it's just. Uh, that, either either that or maybe a slight ankle tweak. It seemed like he was fine at the end of the game, though. Yeah, but in those situations, uh, that's where you get Ant more minutes, right? And yeah. he needs more minutes. So, Powell uh, played not, 35 minutes today. Yeah. Simons played 18. Yeah, I'd like to see those a little closer to each Dame other. Dame played 40. So, yeah. uh, you know, Dame played a lot of minutes even though he was struggling. Uh, still had... 20 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds. Good stat line there from Dame, but the 0 for 9 really hurt us. And he missed the <coughs> shot to tie it up, man. That's the guy you want shooting that shot. Shout out to CJ getting that steal and that flip to Dame for that huh. layup at the end of that game. I just I need to shout that play out. That was a pretty big play. And that's the thing. The Blazers will make those weird plays at the end of games to try and get back, and then they'll still lose. I feel like that happened multiple times last year. I don't I don't really remember, but uh, it just seems like I've seen that movie Bulls. before. Yeah, well, the, the one against the Bulls like we that, pulled yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that would have been a, a play that we would be talking about at length right now if we pulled off this win because yeah. that was a huge steal by CJ for Dame's layup. Shout Krish, five-month member. He says, hype for a new season. Graphics going to level up, and they're going to level up because of Krish. Appreciate it, Krish, helping me out. Uh, yeah, we will, yeah, we'll we'll improve graphics in the future we're sort of working out the kinks right now uh but krish is phenomenal make sure to follow him on twitter at krish graphics does a lot of cool edits and is just phenomenally talented shout out andrew miller five dollar dono andrew appreciate your support man he says virtual watch parties this season we'll do once a month for channel members uh so become a member hit that join button uh might do one a month for anyone as well but we'll definitely do once one a month for channel members we'll do an exclusive watch party stream once a month for you guys uh shout out shaggy squid five australian dollar donor he says i'm a bit late roco needs to realize when to help on d when to guard his man zeller and ant off the bench hell yes dame needed to chill not his night you don't want dame to stop shooting and that's the thing is he sees one goes in and he can get hot so you don't want him to stop shooting. Everything else I agree with. Rocco, I think normally he's pretty good of knowing when to help and when to guard his man. Uh, but tonight, that was not the case whatsoever. He really struggled. So we agree there. And then Zeller and Ant off the bench are going to be a fun combination all year long, especially uh, with Nas and Dance. I love our bench. This is the happiest I've been with our bench unit uh, since Dame became a Blazer. Actually, since I can remember, because even before Dame became a Blazer, I I don't remember really liking our bench lineups. <laughs> so I'm happy with it this year. Agreed. And Nas, uh, I think we put to bed uh, his only preseason game, him not being ready. Uh, he looked great tonight as well. Yep. Shout out James Portee for becoming a starter level member. And we are caught up. All let me, right. Let me just say about Dame. Uh, yeah. What makes him great is he can be 0 for 9 and still hit that shot. So, mm-hmm. um, that, like, you can't get mad at what makes him great because he's the kind of guy who, like you said, all he needs to do is have one of those threes fall and all of a sudden he's going to hit, like, five in a row. So 
I, I, I will never get mad at Dame taking those shots. Um, occasionally he takes a bad shot. Uh, maybe that deep three he took a few minutes earlier was probably a bad shot. Uh, we were down six, I think, at the time. But, you know, he makes that, and all of a sudden it's a one-possession game with two minutes left or whatever the time was. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to – I'm never going to be mad at him because that's part of his DNA and how, what makes him special is – he can make those incredible shots and he's done it more consistently than almost any player in the NBA the last few years. So um, I'm, I'm not going to get frustrated with that or blame him necessarily for the loss. But if he just gets a couple of those to, mm. to fall, we probably win tonight. But here's the thing is I, I want to get away from this. I want to get away from having him have to bail us out. Right. You yeah. Because I mean? so many games last year, he makes that shot. Mm. And then we go in OT and have a chance at winning to complete a comeback. Right. I want to get away from that where he can have an overnight game and we can still win because of our defense. And that's the thing. That's Offensively, we struggled to start this game. CJ got hot. CJ was phenomenal offensively today. I saw a lot of people complaining about CJ. Um, I saw a lot of people complain about him. I don't get it. He was phenomenal uh, on offense. I, he had five assists, 34 points, 14 for 24. He did have five turnovers, so maybe that was a part of it. But overall, what do you think of CJ today? Um, obviously, he got hot, kind of carried us uh, or kept us in the game for a while. Um, defensively, he wasn't great. But once again, I felt like um, there were some plays where uh, like Dame's guy – screened on the guy CJ was guarding. Mm -hmm. And that should be an automatic switch between those two. Uh, but then they get confused and one of them thinks they're switching and one of them doesn't and then it leads to an open shot. Um, stuff like that. Uh, it's not about being a good defender. It's just about in those situations, you need to be quick enough and aware enough in those situations to just automatically switch. So uh, I don't know if this is a process where you can teach them that. Um, I, I believe it is, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, the more film you get, the more times Chauncey tells them in a film study, dude, why didn't you just auto-switch this? Why aren't you guys communicating here? Why are you guys, like, not talking? Um, by, like, the 10th or 15th time that Chauncey pointed that out, hopefully it rings into these guys' uh, brains. So they, they're not doing that stuff, but... Against this lineup tonight, against the Kings team with three guards, for the most part, the entire game they played with three guards, uh, it's like those three, anytime their guy is the one switch or setting a screen, that should be an automatic switch between Norm, CJ, and Dame. And that's part of being a good defense is that communication to where you're not making those mistakes where two guys go onto the ball and no, both people leave the, the person popping out for an open three or – both people go to the the pop out player and and leave the ball. Uh, those kind of mistakes can't happen if you want to be a good defense. So yeah, those are the kind of things that need to lock in from CJ's perspective. I have a CJ question, which is based off this new dono. Shout out Shaggy Squid for a two Australian dollar dono. He says CJ put some CJ put up some CJ like bad shots, but overall GG. Here's the thing: when our offense is struggling, what do people want? Uh, CJ was 14 for 24, and he does not shoot that well if he doesn't put up some CJ-like shots. 
because he made a number of shots today where if he missed them, I felt like people would be saying that it was a bad shot. You know, so I don't understand the people that complain about him. I don't understand what they want from him. Do they want him to shoot less? Like, it's like he'll miss a shot. That's a CJ shot and people will be frustrated. And then they'll make his, he'll make his next, next three and be three for four. And then he'll miss a CJ like bad shot and be three for five shooting 60%. And people, I'll hear people complaining more than they are happy about the fact that he made three of the five. As, if our offense is rolling, I don't want him isoing and pounding the air out of the ball and all that. But if our offense is struggling like it did at the start of this game, you want somebody to take over and have the type of shooting night that CJ did tonight. And in order to get there, he's going to have to force some looks. You're not getting 24 shots up unless you shoot some hypothetically bad shots. So I just, I don't understand what people want from him. Yeah. See, to me, I felt like there was a point where we started to lose uh, some grounds where he was kind of going ISO. And then what clipped everything into place was um there was a play in the third quarter or it might have been the fourth quarter where uh zeller had the ball in the middle of the key kicks it out to nance who swing passes to cj up top and he hits a three kind of in rhythm um set shot uh kind of stepping into it um and then from there then his isos all of a sudden are all going down right and he's making everything um, so I want him to realize that those one-on-one plays, cause there was a, a few possessions later, he had one where, uh, well, there was a couple where he was trying to foul bait when I don't like that from CJ cause yeah. he's, he's not good at drawing fouls. He's and even though, <laughs> even if those were fouls, um, like I don't like him going for fouls because he hardly ever gets those calls. Um, but in terms of the ISO things, I mean, there was a play where he took, he like dribbled into the paint and then kind of got stuck, pump faked, spun around, and then took like a 12 foot fadeaway shot with a guy in his face and he made it. But like the no one else like touched the ball in that possession. So I feel like those are the kind of possessions where he can make those shots. I just wish he would run the offense and get that cleaner shot that he got from three before. And I think as the season goes along yeah. and they realize that this offense is clicking, that they don't have to do that necessarily. But there are times where we needed people to ISO because the offense was stagnant and they weren't, they weren't moving uh, much, but uh, so there are times where he needs to ISO in the game, but uh, I, I just like when they run sets much more, especially when he's in there with the second unit. Yeah. And I think that's what, the case is going to be is if the offense is struggling, Dame and CJ are going to try and put it on on their backs and make things happen. And that's what CJ did tonight. If the offense is working, they're absolutely going to buy into the system and not force things out of ISO. So that's the thing is there's times, even the great offensive teams, even the Golden State Warriors, there's times where they're kind of struggling offensively and Steph Curry decides to take things over. And dribble a ball a bunch of times and just do some insane thing. You know, like the play he did against Yusuf Nurkic in the preseason. You know, Steph Curry has those moments where he'll ISO and take 10 dribbles and go and make a play. And that's the thing is, 
I want that's all our offense was last year, so it was extremely predictable and easy to guard. This season, I want us to not have to rely on that. Mm-hmm. I want us to have a sound system. I want us to move the ball, move players, generate high-quality shots throughout the offense so you don't have to rely on Dame and CJ and so that it's not so predictable and easy to guard them in the playoffs because that's the issue in the playoffs is if your whole offense is based around one or two guys doing something against a set defense with the ball in their hands, it's really easy to guard. And defenders are a lot are able to be a lot more physical on ball defensively in the playoffs so that's part of the reason for that so it's a situation where i definitely want to move away from it but there are going to be times when things just aren't clicking there's not enough of a rhythm and a guy like a dame or a cj is going to have to try and put the offense on their back and take over so that's why it's like they have to learn that's part of the growing pains with this new offense is they have to learn when to try and do that and they have to learn when to buy into the system and let the system generate shots mm-hmm. and it's they're not going to know exactly in game one but it still was a time where it was like okay this is struggling we need somebody to step up and kind of make things work for the offense and there was definitely some good moments of the system working of good ball movement generating high quality shots it's just not super consistent yet so there's still going to be times where we're running the system and we're struggling we're going to need somebody like a Damer CJ to put the offense on their back. Absolutely. And uh, let me get Jackson Wagner. <laughs> if, you can answer this question. If CJ took and missed that last shot, how many people do you think would be in here hating on him right now? <sighs> Probably more. Probably more. And that's what sucks. It's like the dude is 14 for 24. And that's a, I don't know. I don't know, man. I've never understood why fans are so hard on him. Um, he did I, have I underst- five assists, too. Yeah, I understand being hard on his defense. Because defensively, I thought he struggled today. He needs to be better defensively than he man, was today. But his, overall, offensively, he's fine. One of his turnovers, man, he had such a nice left-handed no look pass to Nurk. And Nurk, like, obviously was not used to him passing in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it it just went right by him out of bounds. So um, that I love to see that. Even though it was a turnover, I like to see that point of CJ because in previous years there's no way he's not shooting that ball, and he made a really nice pass, and Nurk just wasn't <laughs> expecting it at all. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be ready for the ball. Um, what else do you want to touch upon? Um, I think I'm hoping the end of this game kind of relieves this pressure a bit but in the first quarter everyone still seems tight shooting the ball and uh i think it might be a little bit just trying to impress the new coach um or you know trying to prove something that they necessarily don't necessarily have to prove individually um but i feel like once this team just plays ball and stops worrying about or overthinking the, everything in terms of shooting, defense, all of it. Um, I think it's just going to look so much better. Right now, I think it's just in their heads that they're they're being coached and they have to do things a certain way. And it's, it's like, I don't know, sticking to them and they're thinking about it when they shoot instead of just shooting the ball. Yeah, it just, they're not, they're not in rhythm, man. And it's hard to explain that. If people have played, I feel like they kind of understand what you mean by just not having a rhythm. Um, it's just 
you can kind of see it. It's just if you haven't played a ton of basketball, it might be hard to spot. Mm-hmm. You can tell they're not as comfortable in this system yet as they will be later on in the season. And it's comfortable for Damon CJ to just always have the ball in their hands and go one-on-one or run pick and roll. It's not as comfortable for them, and they're not going to have the same rhythm yet running a ball movement-oriented offense. So that's where the growing pains come in. And that's going to be a theme early on in the season. It's, just, it's going to take the team time to figure out how to play this style of basketball. So uh, I don't expect them to have a first quarter or a first quarter and a half like they did tonight consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, I'm, I don't know. Um, this is it's just kind of weird being this relaxed on a post game show. I know we hit our first three. I think we missed our next five or something, and most of them were good looks. Yeah, it's just it's weird being this relaxed on a post game show in which we lost a game. This is probably the most relaxed I've been in a post game show in which we've lost a game. Uh, it's just I trust that things are going to work out in the long run, man. That's uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Andrew Miller with the five dollar donation. Does this game instill more confidence in Chauncey, or is one game too soon for you? One game is too soon to make any conclusions, or mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I It's a work in progress, so I like the flashes, but this is what I expected out of Chauncey. I expected Chauncey to switch up the defense. I expected Chauncey to be a better defensive teacher than Terry Stotts was, and I expected us to try to move the ball more. So everything I expected out of him as a coach, I'm seeing, It just comes down to, are they actually able to execute at a high enough level, which is going to take some time, and then it comes down to, is Chauncey able to make the right adjustments, which when you're just starting out learning a system, it's kind of hard to adjust here and there. I actually wish we adjust our pick and roll defense because they start picking it apart, and this might seem crazy to people, okay, Eric, and this might seem crazy to you. There was a stretch there where they were picking apart our pick-and-roll defense, where I was like, you know what? I would like to switch up the look for a couple minutes and actually run some drop scheme against (laughs) Aaron Fox. Because there's certain guys, and I've never said to never run drop scheme, right? Right. But I've like I've railed against it because that's all we ran, right? When it's all you run, you're going to get absolutely torched. So that's why I had an issue with it, because that's, all we ran and i don't like it as much as some other defensive schemes but i've always said this you got to switch up your looks on the pick and roll so you're giving the offensive players different reads and they started to pick apart our pick and roll defense in the third quarter part of it was our fault not being solid enough behind the initial pick and roll defense but part of it was just them moving the ball well and they saw the same look all game which was up playing which was us playing up at the level of the screen so there was a point in time where i was like i kind of want us to just drop just to give them a different look that they're not ready for and darren fox isn't a great shooter he didn't shoot well tonight he's not going to pull up from three and if he does you're probably okay with that and if he shoots a mid-range shot you're probably okay with that too so he's like one of the guys where you can actually get away with run and drop scheme against him so i was sitting there like wow i can't believe i want us to switch it up to drop scheme just for a couple minutes just to see if they weren't ready for it and it maybe had a little bit more success. And then when they start to adjust to that, switch to something else. Mm. Keep them on their toes offensively. Don't just give them the same look throughout the game. So I was a little disappointed in Chauncey 
running the same pick and roll defense all game long but i also understand it because that's something that they're trying to work on they're trying to work on their base defense and when you compare it to last year we only ran one scheme last year all season long anyway so it's not much of a difference yeah well we we did go under on a screen early one of the first few possessions on fox and he rimmed in a three um but yeah probably could probably could have done that a little more um i felt like in the second half we the times we made him take like those kind of fade away where he like backs a guy down and spins if he's more than like 12 15 feet away from the hoop he never makes those i feel like um so i felt like those possessions were good but the times where he gets um uh, within like 10 feet that's it's pretty hard to stop him once he gets into there so um yeah i i get your point i i just i feel like most of the times uh running the big up high didn't hurt us in this game that much uh it was mostly the the other the other three players not rotating or uh, like we talked about earlier you know barnes in the fourth quarter finds himself after a couple skip passes wide open in the corner and of course it's Roka's guy um you know it's like we get that reverse call on the and one um challenge that was unsuccessful i guess but successful i don't know um, that was the most unsuccessful <laughs> successful challenge in NBA right. history uh, but uh but then we'd give up a corner three to barnes after that right so um uh, it's just it's frustrating because i feel like again that's one of those situations where you almost let fox get a two in that situation versus giving barnes an open three um I, you don't want to give up an open shot in either scenario but like i don't know i just feel like in some of those situations it's like anyone but barnes he's he's super hot he's hit a million threes like make someone else hit that shot at the end instead of him um and that leads into the next dono yeah go ahead and read it tom fisher five dollar dono what's up my tom? guy tom my boy Harrison Barnes lit us up. Proud of him, though. Yeah, that's his guy. That's his guy. Um, I mean, he can make open threes. Well, I said so don't give him open threes. I said in the pregame they like to push the ball up and make it so he gets uh, somehow the defense gets flustered and he gets open and, and hits threes. That's what he yeah. does. That's that's primarily how he gets his offense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So. As far as graphics go, uh, we will have, let me, I got to set this to automatic, this bottom graphic. We'll get it a lot sooner uh, next stream when, or I don't know, maybe Chris is going to the next game too. But uh, we will throw in more graphically. As far as tweets of the game go, use hashtag Blazers Uprise. We don't have that today because... uh, we just didn't have the time to get that in, but we will have tweets of the game in the future if you use hashtag Blazers Uprise. And I always like just searching hashtag Blazers Uprise and looking at your guys' tweets. That's fun. So other people can do that too. Uh, if you are on Twitter, use hashtag Blazers Uprise with some of your Blazer tweets and we can create a thread if you search hashtag Blazers Uprise and it'll, it'll be fun. So uh, we, let me see, I got to set this to automatic. Um... Do you want to go through individual players? We've touched on a number of guys. I think we should maybe just talk about anybody else you want to talk about individually on this team. Yeah. 
Um, well, actually, before we do that, now that you mentioned the hashtag Blazer Uprise, can I just read off a few, even though you don't have yeah, a graphic? Yeah, go, go ahead and read off a few. So, at Mobius22 says, it's going to take time to gel together, but you can already see the hustle and awareness of our additions, as well as the prophetic rise of little. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag Blazers Uprise. Um, Trevin says, need to show the Reese Blazers Uprise tweet. I saw <laughs> one of Reese's, and we uh, actually we're would t- not be showing not that gonna, tweet. We're not going to do that tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, although, I will say that it's it is kind of funny seeing people like rooting for the Blazers to lose just so they can make Stotts tweets. Oh, um, it's yeah. so pathetic, man. It's so pathetic. I, dude, I would have loved to win a championship with Terry Stotts, man. That's People are crazy to me. Why are you rooting against your favorite team so you can make a fire... Uh, I was almost going to say a fire Stotts tweet, but not in terms of a fire Stotts tweet. That was not the right adjective to use. A lit Stotts tweet. Stotts tweet. There you go. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh... I just don't understand people that root against their favorite team because of the opinions they have. That has never made sense to me, Eric. I've never understood that, but could never be me, right? If I'm wrong and the team wins a championship under Terry Stotts, I would have been the happiest guy alive, all right? right? So I I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Evan at Nave Season and uh, Jared at if underscore six was nine underscore both had uh <laughs> some cool norman powell tweets after he he uh i think that was harrison Barnes. he uh made that move and they fell over and he hit the three but yeah. then did they take those points off the board like is that a new rule that they can review if apparently his i didn't know that was a thing because but... the blazers got screwed a couple years ago on two there was a markeith morris one i forgot who else but they couldn't review those in those situations mm-hmm. that foot out of bounds, but now all of a sudden they can. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, man. That's, <laughs> yeah. I did not understand that. And they were talking about it on the broadcast. I was so confused for so long as to what they were even talking about. Mm-hmm. They were like, the scoreboard on our screen says 16, but actually it's 20. I'm like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Oh, wait, no, it's 17 on our screen or something. I was like, I I was so confused. And Calabro, bless his heart, man. First regular season game back, and he's trying to figure that out mentally. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Adam Barkingbox at uh, Blazer underscore Beavis uh, had some go- cool tweets about the bench looking impressive. Um Especially yeah. Nance and Cody. Uh, we will have your we will have your tweets on streams in the future. Might not be able to do it for every stream, but that is one of these segments that we want to do. Um, that I I just need help with graphics to be able to do as much as I want to do. I just need help. Uh, is that's the simplest way to put it, and uh, I will have help this season. So shout out to Chris for the help. Connor McIntosh asked a good question that I do also want to talk about as well. Uh, do you guys think we could push the pace more on offense? We have three quick guards. You see the Kings, even off a long rebound, go quick and attack a defense that isn't set. We had two fast break points, Eric. We <laughs> had fast break opportunities. It seems like we missed a bunch of lay-ins on fast break opportunities. Roka missed one on a great hit-ahead pass by Dame. Uh, yeah, I mean, we need to look to run, especially when our offense isn't going. The thing is, is Sacramento is a quick team. So they get back quick. They're not a team that's super easy to run against. Even their center, Rashawn Holmes, is a pretty quick, agile center. You got Davion Mitchell playing. Buddy Heald's at the three. Harrison Barnes is at the four. You got Fox. You got Halliburton at the two. 
that's a team that is quick themselves. That's why they're able to run so much. So they're not necessarily an easy team to run against, but I definitely feel like we could have looked for more opportunities to run. But yeah, that's what I mentioned the Blazers. When they get mismatched on defense, it creates chaos. And then it might not initially be bad defensively, but once you have to make a rotation and you're guarding the wrong guy and then you're out of place and eventually it'll turn into a mess uh, in most cases. So that's why I'm always a fan of pushing the ball up and kind of getting those mismatches. You get someone that shouldn't be guarding Dame, guarding Dame without even setting a pick for him. And then all of a sudden our offense can just go without even having to run pick and roll or whatever. Um, so I like that. Um, I love the the pass ahead to uh, Nas mm-hmm. and uh, Harrison Barnes. I think it caught him by surprise that Nas just grabbed the ball and immediately went to the rim with it. Um, he got a laying out of it. Uh, so I like the aggression there. Um, I think there was another time where we pushed ahead to Norm and he kind of got behind the defense and got fouled. Um, I'm not sure which one of those two was the two fast break points, but um, yeah, it seems every time we push the ball up fast, it seems to work pretty well. So I don't know why we don't do it more, but um, yeah, I would definitely like to see more of it. Yeah. And I mean, something like that, that's seemingly being emphasized, but something that we never really did. We'll have to wait and see long-term on if that becomes a trend. Uh, That's the thing with new aspects of this team is you have to see which way they're trending. And right now it's too early to see if they're trending towards pushing the pace more, or they are trending towards doing the same thing as last year and not running hardly at all. So, uh, we will see Jared, as far as memes and tweets of the game, we can't include video cause it's a, a it's a picture graphic. Uh, <laughs> so we can't, we can include pictures if they're PG rated. I had, a, uh, I think it was Evan tweeted out something curse. with a curse word in it. We can't, <laughs> we're not putting curse words on the screen screen. We keep it PG. All right. Except yeah. for every once in a while where me or Eric slips up, but that happened. How many times did you think that happened last year? once we're pretty good about it i, I it think we did it a few times but yeah was, for the most part it was like late into a stream when we we're <laughs> frustrated after watching a thoughts press conference or something yep later have definitive a, one have a good night have a good night definitive one all right so um shervin we did talk about that at length earlier uh yeah i agree the half court defense actually looked good when we were set it was just um Actually, we only finished with 12 turnovers, had 10 in the first half, so definitely clean that up in the second half. That's um, the thing that's just like, I want them to put it together because you'll see flashes of right. the defense and you'll see flashes of the offense. I want to see both of them at the same time. The problem is, is they're less likely to come with Damon CJ in the game defensively. They're more likely offensively. That's where I'm... Somebody brought this up earlier. Maybe mix and matching bench players with starters might be able to spark a run in which we're playing both sides of the ball. But it just, this game, it felt like it was either one or the other or neither. It was ne- There was never a situation where it was like, dang, we're playing really good defense and really good offense. Maybe they're late when we cut it back, but normally we always like, we'll be down 10 and then make a run anyway, even under Terry Stoss last year, so I'm not really going to read too much into that. I just want to see them play both sides of the ball for a stretch and see how good this team looks because the long-term hope of this team is they're going to play defense like they did with the bench unit in the first half, and then they're going to play offense like they did down the stretch in this game. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, this is a phenomenal team. The problem is, is they're a little ways off from putting that together consistently. 
I just am hopeful that we're able to see a two-way sequence at some point in the next couple of games because we got the Suns next and then we got the Clippers. So we're going to be playing some decent teams. The Suns are a really good team. They lost tonight, I think. They were down. I'm not sure if they came back. Uh, we will lost. We will look at scores uh, later on in this uh, in this post-game show. We're going to have to be able to put together a two-way stretch against the Suns in order to beat them. So that's where I'm just, I'm waiting for that. And I'll be extremely hyped when, once we put together a good two-way stretch because we'll be a tough, tough team to deal with. Yeah, and uh, so... I want to talk about something that uh, what Kyle said. What's up, Kyle? Uh, he said it, he was at the game and someone or people in the section were trying to start trade CJ chance every time he missed a shot, which is disappointing to hear. Uh, but we've heard the talk all offseason that our starting lineup is elite when it's together. We just needed a new bench, right? That was mm-hmm. the narrative from the team. So... At some point, I'm pretty confident when I say this, either we're going to see that play out and the starting lineup will not put us in a hole like they did tonight, and then our bench comes in and plays well and we keep the lead or keep right in the game, and then we pour it on at some point and and win games. Uh, I still think that's the most logical outcome of this team and the way this coaching staff is headed towards the team looking. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it doesn't happen that way, like let's say our starting lineup looks like it did in the first quarter of this game, like 20 games from now, mm-hmm. that's when I'm, I'm pretty confident at that point there will be a move and we'll make a, a, some sort of change or trade or something to go away from it. So... As long as it's working, if it if it works at some point, I think we'll probably keep it most of this year, if not for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think this is a situation where we're like stuck with it if it's not working the entire year. So um, I don't expect it to struggle, but if it does, I think that's when we can start talking about maybe moving a CJ or it, if it's after December 15th, the norm. Uh, but like, I, I don't think... Um, that's something that we're going to talk about until uh, we know for sure either way or not. Because I'm telling you right now, if the starting lineup at some point just plays as good as they played last year, which they're certainly capable of, that's not saying anything unrealistic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> all they have to do is match what they did at the beginning of games last year. And all of a sudden, we're we're a tough team to beat. That I, I feel like we could we could match up with any team if our starting lineup is clicking. So um, I'm not really worried about that. I think it'll happen, um, but I also feel like the people who think like we're just stuck with these guys and no matter what happens, it's, nothing's going to change. Well, I think if it doesn't work out to where we're our starting lineup is good this season, like our GM thought it would be, um, I think he will fix it, but. Um, I don't think it'll get to that point. Yep. So, do you guys want to listen to a press conference? We'll do one press conference. Uh, we got... Eh, they're not on YouTube, unfortunately. People are asking for pe- press conferences, but they're not on YouTube yet. So, you got CJ McCollum highlights, you got Blazers game highlights, but you don't have anything in terms of... Uh, 
Chauncey Billups interview or anything. So, if somebody can DM me a link, a link on Twitter, then we can throw up a Chauncey Billups press conference up onto the I'd screen. I'd like to see uh, Billups first yes. regular season conference. Yeah, I would, I would oh. too. So, we can play that if somebody can DM me a link on Twitter to some place that has it. Reese says, I expect Nurk to finish better. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a theme all season. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught the interview with Chauncey yesterday, but he specifically said that Nurk needed to finish better mm-hmm. and that he was working on some stuff with him to get to that point. Um, so they know it's an issue uh, and they'll continue to work on it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... Here's the thing. I with think Nurk. it's fine. He's still six of ten. <laughs> yeah, he was six for ten, one for one from three, and twenty nine minutes had twenty points. He had fourteen rebounds. I want us to use his playmaking more. I feel like we didn't do that much today, especially yeah. when the offense is struggling. We need to figure that out. We need well, to instill that. Mm-hmm. Almost every time he caught the ball, like around the elbow or up top, um, the guards just came back for the the handoff instead of like no one was cutting off of it they threw that one law the dame who got i think he got blocked on that play mm-hmm. uh by fox uh who made a good play on it but that was a good pass and led to a dame land so i can't be mad at that but i felt like our guards um had had lanes to cut on those and instead nurk was forced to just hand the ball off to him because no one was cutting off balls yeah i mean we got to figure that out that's going to be a work yeah. in progress um and hopefully, hopefully we see some improvement on Saturday, which is our next game, the 23rd against Phoenix. That's a team that defends well. That's a team. It's a two-way team. They ba- they play both sides of the ball very, very well. That's why they are as good as they are. So it's going to be a test. It's going to be a challenge. But I think I don't think that that's a game where we can't win. Mm-hmm. You just, we got to combine the flashes that we showed tonight on the defensive end with better shot making, making more shots. We only shot 34% from three today. I guess it came back there late, but Dame going 0 for 9 is a huge outlier, right? If Dame has a Dame-esque game and we play some defense, we're going to be in that game. So that's where it's, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that game. That's going to be a challenge. We're going to have two days off too. They're going to be coming off. They play Friday against the Lakers, so it's going to be the second night of a back-to-back. That'll be a fun game. And... You know, the Valley Pod guys and all all of them uh, will have to figure something out. Actually, I might... I was thinking about going to the game, but I don't think I'm going to be able to because we got to get the graphics consistent and rolling and whatnot. So, um, might do a play-by-play stream with the Valley Pod guys. That might be a thing. That'll be a fun game. I'm looking forward to that one. All right. Does somebody have a link for me? I have no messages on Twitter. No messages on Twitter. Adam Smith says that that will be a true challenge very early on versus Sun should be a fun test and show areas we need to improve and adjust. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that because that's the thing is you can compare them up against a contention level team. The, the the Kings shot the ball like crazy today. They played an extremely good game and still almost lost. It'll be different going up against the Suns. Yeah, telling you though, you can't give. Some of their shooters, those wide open threes. No, I know. But, like, Harrison Barnes goes 8 for 11. Yeah. Even if any of their shooters 
are that open, I don't think they go eight for eleven. You know what I'm sure. saying? I don't yeah. I don't trust that happening. I gotta let's see here. Is this what do you what do you look out for? Yet. Oh, you're looking for the interview. Just let just let just let the community do it, Eric. Oh, yeah. I, no, I was, yeah, I was but, just posting a link on something. Yeah. Oh, got you. They're pretty good about finding the interview, but yeah, we don't we don't have interviews at this point in the stream for post game streams this year. I want to be watching an interview about like an hour and twenty minutes in, maybe a little bit before then. Uh, yeah. That'll be the plan in the future, but it's gonna be a little bit just like the team, man. It's gonna be a little bit disjointed in terms of the post game streams until we get things smooth and rolling. Um, Maybe we should jump into the other games while we're waiting. Well, I'm waiting for a graphic on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, never, never <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should have done it before this. I should have done it at halftime. I was trying to make sure the intro was good to go. Because that intro, it, I did you guys enjoy the intro if you were here at the start of the stream? Do you guys enjoy that? I, I love that intro. And maybe I'll turn up the game audio on it a little bit and tweak it and add a couple more audio clips. Uh, but overall, uh, the intro was fun to make. I was at halftime. I was making sure I had that good to go. So, uh, yeah, just lots of lots of prep, lots of prep. Glad you guys enjoyed that intro. Should make it funner while you wait for us to go live instead of just looking at a blank thumbnail with no noise. So shout out to uh, let me shout out the guy who did that. That was done by, where's where's his name at? That was done by Mateo. So shout out Mateo. I don't know if he wants uh, me to shout out his Twitter. I'll ask him, and if he's watching, he can DM me because I can shout out his Twitter in the future for that intro because that intro was phenomenal. Um... Hi mom. She says uh, Jody was at the game and. Pretty much everyone went and gave her a hug before the game. So, yeah, I mean, she's involved. People act like she doesn't watch the team, and that's not the case. That's not the case. So, the whole thing, she's going to sell the team, or she needs to sell the team. She's not involved enough. I, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, any other players you want to talk about? Or are we kind of uh, uh, burnt out on talking about the game? I'll talk about Nas for just real quick. Um, he's back to having that smooth-looking jumper, mm -hmm. uh, and he's money when he shoots it like that. When he has that little uh, clunkiness to it, or it kind of like I don't know, brings it. He kind of stops or brings it up in a weird way. Um, it doesn't look as good. Uh, so I like that three he got. I like that Dame kicked it out to him and rewarded him for hustling and getting some offensive rebounds. Um, but that looked really good. And then his pull-up in the lane also looked really good. Um, just encouraging signs from Nas tonight, I thought, on both ends. Sorry, I was muted. He had a drive attempt going baseline in the second half of this game that he didn't have an opportunity to score off of, and he backed it out and gave it to Dame. And I love that. Being aggressive, mm -hmm. but also knowing when it's not there yeah, and when to back it out. So his first preseason game, 
the only preseason game he played, he was forcing a bunch of stuff and speeding up way too much. So it was nice to see him come out tonight and play the way he did, where he made the right decisions, when to attack, when to back it out, and knock down a corner three. Uh, I would like to see him play a little bit more, man. It's it's tough because there's so many bench players that I like. I want to see a guy like Nas get 20 minutes a game. He ended up playing only 16 tonight. But three for five from the field, one for one from three, had seven points, three rebounds, was hustling out there, played very solid defense, I thought. So a guy like that, I uh, I wish we could find an extra four or five minutes for. Yeah. Uh, especially when Rocco's shooting two for seven from three, three for nine from the field, and then defensively is awful tonight. That's a game where I don't want Robert Covington playing 31 minutes a game and Nasir Little playing 16 minutes a game. Because I thought Nas outplayed Robert Covington tonight. Yeah. Probably Norm, too. Yeah. Norm was 3 for 9, 1 for 3 from 3. He did get to the line 8 times, 7 for 8 from the free throw line. But yeah. Norm, 14 points, 5 rebounds, no assists in 35 minutes. I mean, do you really need to play Norm 35 minutes? Uh, Norm should be playing, with the way he played tonight, he should be playing 30 to 32 minutes. And Nas yeah. should be playing at least 20. So yep. we'll see how Chauncey handles minutes. This is the first oh, time that's he's. Right. Uh, Reese reminds us that Nas was on a minutes restriction. Oh, he was on a good yeah. job, Reese. Thank that's you, what Reese. Reese is there for. Yeah, he was on a minutes restriction and was fine. So hopefully his <laughs> yeah. injury isn't going to. Uh, hopefully he's going to go away because I want him to play more, man, was, with how he looked tonight. I think it was like a hamstring or something in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it didn't look bother- like it bothered him at all this game. So that's good yeah. to see. That first lay in he had was impressive. The yeah. one where he the drove Euro left step. and then Euro, yeah, Juro stepped to the left and finished. Uh, that was an impressive play. And that's the thing. If we get the pace up and start pushing the ball, he's the type of guy that can make plays like that in transition. He's an athlete and he's the type of guy that I want us to run with because of his athleticism, because of his skill set, because of his finishing ability. Because I think yep. he can he can finish, man. I know he had a weird flip shot that he missed, was close on, but... When he's going downhill, he can finish. He can dunk on you, but he can also Eurostep and be a little crafty as well. So that's why I want us to push the pace for a guy like him to get out in the open court and run. Yep. And Andrew Miller wants to talk about Larry Nance's thoughts. With yep, his appreciate the $5 dono, Andrew Miller, MVP early on in this season. <laughs> uh, Larry Nance, uh, one for three tonight, Eric. Had two points, three rebounds, two assists, a turnover, four personal fouls. Didn't – I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Larry Nance Jr. Because he's better than this and more, normally more impactful than he's shown during the preseason and the first game of the regular season. So it's a small sample size and him getting used to a new team, so I'm not worried. It's just like I don't know what – like I, I don't know. I don't know how to evaluate him right now. Well, for those expecting, like, big stats out of him, he's not a stats guy. So he's one of those guys that does a lot of things without necessarily scoring the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you'd like to see him maybe be aggressive. Uh, He had that one post-up where I felt like he had a good move and missed it. Um, And then I think he missed a three as his other miss. Um, But uh, for the most part, he just plays within the offense, doesn't do a lot of things outside of his skill set. Um, looks to pass first, um, which are all things I'm fine with. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think he was, uh, let me just double check. Yeah, team high plus four tonight. So um, obviously the team didn't 
suffer when he was in the game. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, not not anyone had a good plus minus tonight. So uh, I don't know how much you can read into that, but um, I thought he he did fine, and it's it's one of those things where his impact isn't necessarily going to be in the box score. Yep. Uh, who are we? Are we forgetting somebody, or have we covered everybody? We've talked about Zeller. We've talked about Nas. We've talked about Nans. We've talked about Simons. Um, talked about the whole starting lineup. I think that's about yeah. it. Yep. Alrighty, let's go to. Sorry, I got pulled this in. If you want to read chat, that's what we need to do. When I'm like, we're a little bit behind on graphics tonight, so that's why it's a little bit disjointed. But uh, I want to engage with chat more this season too. I want to stop, take five minutes to engage with chat, answer questions from chat. Let's do that right now. Uh, if you want to go All first. Right. Um. Yeah, feel free to. I've been answering questions or trying to. Yeah, I'm just I'm just importing these graphics. We're gonna talk about game scores. Uh, Adam here. Smith says I want to see Nance plugging up defensive gaps and making smart passes and swinging the ball fast, taking occasional few shots and rebound, and that's pretty much what he did. <laughs> Reese asked thoughts on Lamelo Ball's performance. Lamelo looked good today, man. He's just gonna rub it in our face because we didn't like him coming into the draft. But hey, man, I'm more than happy to admit I was wrong about Lamelo Ball. He's so was I. For some reason, he couldn't hit a shot to save his life in Australia, and then all (laughs) of a sudden, he's the world's best shooter ever when he comes back to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I, <laughs> props to him. I was wrong. He's he's an incredible shooter, even <laughs> though he didn't show any of that prior to making that. Um, yeah, and I was wrong on the Lamelo <laughs> for all those does. reasons. Yeah, I was I was wrong on Lamelo for all those reasons as well. But you know who I was right on? Leangelo. I'm better than him. Anyway, I mean, let's jump. The whole in. NBA was right on. <laughs> Hey, he isn't okay. Honestly, he might prove me wrong because he looked really good in summer league. All right, <laughs> I've always been a Leangelo Ball hater. All right, I've always been a Leangelo Ball hater. Uh, but I mean, in summer league, he was making three-point shots and wasn't trying to post people up from the three-point line. So good for him. He's evolved a little bit into an actual basketball player instead of like the six-year-old in the rec league who has some weight to him and tries to back you down from twenty-five feet out. So shout out to him. He's in the G League. Let's see what he does. He might be better than Michael Porter trash can one day. We'll see. Anyway, I have um, I have any anybody who knows okay, I, I have a couple players that I just don't like. And I don't <laughs> even know why. So if you're confused, don't worry about it. Maybe you'll pick up on it by mid season. Scal Brady says the Chauncey videos uh, on YouTube. Alright, you guys let's watch the Chauncey video. Let's do that. While you're finding that I'm gonna I'm already talk here. about oh, okay. It's not there. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe let's go to subscription feed. Oh, don't talk about whatever. God. No, it's Logan, there. It's Logan Galvin says, do you guys think Nurk can average 20 and 12 throughout the season? He missed some easy shots. And if he can get better at finishing, I think he could average 20 and 12. No, 20 um, and 12 is too ambitious. But... I mean, 20 and 14 tonight, and that's quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'd probably say 18 and 11 is more realistic um, if he's having a good season. Uh, I think 
he'll score a little less in most games and pass a little more. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's impossible for him to do that. I mean, you saw him tonight, um, but I think this is also a good matchup for him. Yep. I At least offensively. Yeah, I agree. He normally does well against the Kings. Isn't that the team he had his five-by-five five game against? Yeah. Yes, Zach Nurk had 20. It was a quiet 20 for sure. All righty. Let's listen to Chauncey Billups' post-game press conference. We're probably going to let it play through more compared to last time or compared to last year. (laughs) uh, He he says a lot of the things that we think, so we'll probably just let it play for you guys. Let me get it up here. There we go. Chauncey. To a tough start. And uh, just kind of fighting uphill the whole game, you know. Um, but I, I thought we played really hard, man. I thought we played hard. We gave ourselves a chance to win. At the end, we played hard enough to win. We just didn't play quite smart enough to win. Um, you give them credit, man. They made shots. Um, I mean, Harrison Barnes was, he was fantastic. He really was. He, he made us pay every time we made a mistake. Can you elaborate on smart enough to win? Like, what, what, what do you feel like you guys could have been <clears throat> Well, um, you got to be able to execute. You got to be able to execute. Um, you know, we turned it over a lot in the first half. I thought we did a really good job of taking care of the basketball in the second half. But then, you know, you got to be able to execute defensively. You know, um, they were doing a lot of things where they created movement, getting to the paint, paint touches, and kicking the weak side. You know, our rotations were late a few times. Our rotations were wrong a few times. Um, and when you get a team that can really shoot or a team that gets hot, those are mistakes that you just can't make. Yeah. Dame for years has said that in order to take the big shots, you have to be able to live with the failure of missing the Absolutely. Big Absolutely. Do you empathize with that? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you look at. Uh, you know, I thought Dame, shoot, he had, he had to play a lot tonight. He played 40 minutes. You know, you're you rarely going to see a box score where you see him 0 for 9 from three-point land. Um, and for us as a team and for me as a coach, if he can get up 9, 10, 11, 12 threes, I'm happy with that. I'm living with that. Um, there's not many times you see a guy be 0 for 8, then you feel like that ninth shot is going to go in. You know, he's one of those guys. So, um you know, I got no issue with, with that. Dame will be just fine. You guys were clearly attacking the basket a lot. Where I saw the players attack the basket last year, it seemed like. Were you happy with at least the process they were going through in terms of running the offense? I'm telling you, I am. I am. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm happy with our effort. Um, I'm happy with the things that we tried to focus on and getting paint touches, getting to the basket. Um, we didn't finish great um, at the basket, but I was happy to be getting there. I was happy with guys trying to get extra efforts, offensive rebounds. I mean, these jokers play hard, man. They play very, very hard, and I'm happy about that. Why do you think Barnes was able to get so many over threes? <clears throat> I know it's Cove a couple times was a little bit exasperated. Yeah, I mean, you know, they put you in, a, in tough positions sometimes. When you, when you do, when you, when you allow paint touches, which is the reason why we want to get paint touches, it collapses your defense. And when your defense collapses, now you have to have guys Xing out on the backside, you know. And so they, they did a good job of that. And I, I felt like sometimes we maybe overhelped. Um, you know, you talk about executing, you get a guy that's really hot. Then sometimes you have to 
you know, you have to respect that situation and you have to be a little bit closer yep. uh, to him no matter what the, you know, the coverage is. You know, it just it, it comes down to person, you know, KYP right there, knowing your personnel. Tonight's mm-hmm. your first post game. I mean, that's that's exactly what we said with Rocco. That's exactly what we said with Rocco. Eric is uh, overhelping off of Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is hot. If you're guarding somebody that's shooting the way he is, you got to stay tighter to him. Absolutely. Very well said. Uh, I'm in, I'm enjoying this press conference, man. It's going to be weird this season enjoying coaching press conferences. But, uh, yeah, uh, said pretty well. Any thoughts on anything you said so far? Uh, it's an interesting contrast to have uh, specific examples instead of, oh, well, he... Harrison Barnes made shots. What is he going to do? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the NBA. Sometimes guys just make shots. Meanwhile, you, Rocco's you, 20 how feet you, off him. How do you how do you hit eight? You know, sometimes guys get hot and hit eight of 11 threes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I like that he put an address on it. He said Rocco, in particular, overhelped and mm. uh, mentioned that. So, uh, this is part of why... We've said for years, and people don't necessarily understand this yet, but there was a lack of accountability. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is part of that accountability. And once again, this is part of the process. So this is something that you have to do. And it's people who are critical of this type of thing will say, well, how is that different than... uh, what Stott said about like Derek Jones last year. Mm-hmm. Well, all he said about Derek Jones was, oh, well, like when I put him in the game, he doesn't do anything. And when I send him out, it doesn't matter. So, uh, you know. Yeah, like, wasn't it? Wait, wasn't it? Against, yeah, it was, it was like. Has no, we had the 29th defense with him, 29th mm-hmm. defense without him. Right. Basically you know, saying so, he makes no impact on our defense, yeah. which was absolutely untrue. Whereas Billups is saying the same thing he's going to say to Rocco. In the film study, like you can't overhelp mm-hmm. here, and, and he's it's giving specific examples, and it's not like yeah. So, and Rocco will get to a point where I, I'm sure Rocco is good enough where he knows this already that he had a terrible game tonight, and ex- he knows exactly where he messed up and how he needs to fix that. So, yeah, Rocco is probably sitting there before Chauncey even answers this question, knowing that he needs to do those things anyway. So. Um, it's just, yeah. And I, it, this is the thing. If you hold your players accountable and are consistent with it, then it's not calling them out. It's constructive. Like you said, if you just randomly call someone out that has for no reason at all, like that's not constructive at all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We got five more minutes left. Let's listen in post game night of looking at film and figuring out where to go from here. What's your process going to be tonight? It's pretty much the same as it was all preseason, um, even all last year, actually, even though I wasn't the head coach. After the game, I always watch it, you know, um, break it down, both sides of the ball, just kind of see what I see. what I see, And then I'll flag it for tomorrow, you know, and the, the things that I've seen on there, we'll talk about tomorrow. Chauncey, you were pretty adamant in training camp that you didn't want Dane to play 40-type minutes. Mm-hmm. 
what happened tonight? Which is just comfort level for you, or how, how do you get up to four? Well, you know, that's what happens sometimes um, when you get down. You get down, Jason. You know, um, and then you start making a run. He's on the floor when you make a run. Um, you can't change that up. You know, as hard as it was for us to kind of make runs, get back in the game. Now we start getting back in the game. He's on the floor. Um, you don't want to change the rhythm, you know, um, and it just kind of happened. You know, he's sitting on the bench. I think at the start of fourth quarter, I think he had played 31 minutes um, at that point. And so you're looking and you're saying, dang, I really wanted to get him in there earlier than that. You know, uh, we, we were kind of struggling. They were hitting big shots. So I waited as pretty much as long as I could, you know, um, but, you know, we'll get it back some other time. <laughs> We'll get it back another time. What did you think about the play of your bench tonight? You know what? I thought our bench came in. I thought these guys gave us great energy. I thought Cody was his, his energy and his effort was in, it was incredible. Uh, I thought Ant played really well. You know, um, I'm gonna be looking at the tape, probably kicking myself for not playing him more in this game because you know he he made shots and I thought he played really good. I thought Nas's energy was really nice. good. You know. Extra efforts, you know, that, and that's what your that's what your reserves, your bench guys are supposed to do. Um, they're supposed to come in there with a lot of energy. Larry as well, you know. Um, I was happy with 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 our bench tonight. When the offense was struggling, it seemed like. CJ. <laughs> I just got to read off this comment. Jackson Wagner says, "Dang, Chauncey's post game is so logical." <laughs> logical. Dude, we've been devoid of logic for so long with these post-game streams. And he says he might be kicking himself for not playing Ant more because he thought Ant played great. I like that. I like that you said that. Yeah. Uh, it's... I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to, like, be a, like, we know everything type of guy, but, like, did we not say almost all this stuff earlier, like, without hearing him talk? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just that's what I've already know he's going to say some stuff that we've said when we put on the press conference and it's literally only game one. So I, I don't know, man. It's we should just have him do our our post game shows, I guess. He, he's saying all the right things. It's still um before the season started, you were a lot more confident in this. Um, you were kind of giving me crap for not guaranteeing it. Um, it still has to, at some point, translate to the floor. But yeah. so far, he says all the right things. He knows all the right things that need to happen and how to uh, talk about doing them. They just have to translate to the floor at some point. And if he does get those things to translate to the court, he could be one of the better coaches in the league. Um, if he can't, he'll just be one of those guys who talks about it, but can't necessarily teach it See, well. So with the I way, hope it doesn't cover that. But. With the way he seemingly goes about things, it's, I don't know why it wouldn't translate to the floor unless it's an <laughs> issue agree. with the players. I don't like, yeah. I, at this point, if it doesn't work under Chauncey, I'm saying, all right, trade CJ for Ben Simmons or something. If <laughs> CJ can't play a little better defense and play in a system that moves the ball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's going to translate to the floor because I don't think it's a roster issue at all. But, like, what coach are you going to find that 
is as logical as Chauncey is, is saying all the right things, trying to do all the right things, addressing all the issues that we've had, and then if they're not able to get fixed, like what coach are you going to bring in that's going to address all that and then have it translate to the court? Because there's nothing that screams to me like Chauncey shouldn't be able to get this to translate to the court. So at some point it's like, okay, we got a bunch of guys that despite our coach saying, yeah, we need to stop overhelping and we need to kind of stay glued to our man one pass away or whatever it may be. If we're still having guys completely leaving their assignments for no reason and overhelping, then it's on the players at some point. At some point it has to be on the players. So that's where I'm sitting at right now is I'm, I have full confidence in Chauncey it's just if it doesn't translate to the court, then it ha- it'll have me questioning the roster more than I ever really have, to be honest with you. Yeah, but hopefully it's not the players because if it's not the players, yeah. then I think we'll be absolutely fine. And that's kind of where I lie right now. I don't think well, it's a roster issue. That's what I'm saying. Is starters just play a little better, and we're if we're like just right there with teams at the beginning of games and not falling into holes. I'm tired of falling behind to start of games, know. man. It happens. Even in games we won last year, in games we lost, we got to start better. We got to figure out how to start better. Absolutely. Anyway, let's play the final three minutes of this. Yeah, I thought CJ was great, you know, other than being in foul trouble. um, You know, in that first half, I thought CJ was aggressive all night. He was attacking all night. I mean, guys are accustomed to seeing CJ play that well. Um, up here all the time, but he, he kept us afloat. You know, he kept us afloat when you know we couldn't make shots uh, anywhere else. Late, he kind of forced the shot with a few guys on him off the rim or off the backboard to go in. Was that a shot that you didn't want him to take? No, I didn't want him to take that shot. Of course not. I don't think. <laughs> I think if he had a do-over, he wouldn't take that shot either. However, we're on a run. We're rolling. He's trying to create a situation, to get on the free throw line. So I understand the shot. You know, he's. Coming downhill, he's trying to, you know, create a situation where we get on that free throw line. I, I get it, I understand it, but I'm pretty sure if he had a do over, he would probably pull it out and, you know, look for another shot. <laughs> Bro, okay, I'm sorry, sorry for pausing so much. I just love everything he says, dude. I, <laughs> I love. Okay, I just love how straightforward he is because all last year we just had Terry Stotts dancing around literally every single question he was asked. And Chauncey gets asked the question, did you like that shot that CJ took down the stretch where he tried to draw that foul? And Chauncey's just like, no. (laughs) But I don't think CJ does either. So (laughs) it's just, oh my goodness, it's funny. Um, And see, that's the thing is like, I like that he says, I understand it. Because I understand what CJ's trying to do there too. It didn't end up being a good decision, but I understand what he's trying to do. And that's the thing. If you never play the game of basketball... You might say, "Why? What is CJ thinking there? Why? What is he doing?" Like, you're trying to get to the free throw line. You're trying to draw co- contact. You're trying to make a play, and especially when you're down, you're trying to make a quick play. So if you can get to the line with the clock stop, that saves time, and you get two free throw attempts. It's pretty much the most efficient looks you can get is going to the free throw line. So I understand the play and the logic behind it. it just wasn't a good decision, and CJ would probably take that one back. So I love that he said that. And like I said earlier. CJ was trying to draw a foul. I think he thought he did get fouled on that. Um, he might have, but that's what Chauncey's saying is like you can't you can't just play for a foul there. You got to get a good shot in that situation. That was a key possession in the game. 
where if we score on that possession, we probably win this game. So, um, yeah, I I agree that both that CJ would agree with that 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 wasn't the best shot. Um, but once again, he makes tough shots like that all the time, so it's kind of hard to reel that in. So I get why Chauncey both says it's not a good shot, but he also understands it. Yep. All right. Two minutes. Later, there's a, a three miss. You guys got the rebound. It ended up in Powell's hand. He took a really deep three. And who? Powell. Oh, as yeah, yeah, yeah. Back up, he took a really deep three. Was that? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a shot that Norm can make. You know, um, we got an extra effort on that. We got an offensive rebound on that. That's a shot that Norm can make every single night. Um, he stepped into it. It was a rhythm shot. We got no problem with that. And when you guys got the, the big turnover underneath their basket, yeah. uh, what's your guys' instructions right there? Is it is it to not foul right away and try to get that turnover? or Worked or? out exactly how we wanted it to work out. Well, I know that. We pressured. We pressured. We tried for the steal and not just foul. We went for the steal, got it, laid it up, got back in it. Got back in and it was a great play, but no, we didn't. We weren't coming to foul right then. We wanted to, you know, go for the steal, try to get two ball, two people on the basketball. And, uh, that next pass, try to steal it. You don't steal it. Foul. How'd you feel about how you handled and managed your first regular season game? Um, I don't know how I feel yet. I haven't really seen it, but. Um, you know, again, I come in here and it was, you know, a few times during the preseason where I came in and just not happy with our effort, not happy with our spirit. I don't feel that way today. I mean, we, we fought extremely hard. Yeah, I hated getting off to a tough start, but it's the first game. You know, it's going to be jitters. You know, it's going to be nerves. Um, I, I feel very happy about how hard we played. Got time for a couple more. The coach, along those same lines, you're going to get 81 more opportunities, but how bad did you want to win that first one, knowing it was your debut? Oh, man, I want to win every game. I want to win every game. It didn't matter when it was, who it is. You know, you want to win every single game. Alrighty, there you go. That was Chauncey Billups' very enjoyable press conference. Thoughts on anything else that Chauncey said, Eric? Um, nah, just, yeah. Hopefully he's getting through. Uh, I mean, it seems like the players are bought in. Um, especially the, the bench unit. Um, I mean, he mentioned it, everything I said, and I think Ant deserves more minutes. He said mm -hmm. he's going to kick himself for not giving Ant more minutes. Um, so yeah. Alrighty, alrighty. Uh, let's hop into chat. Any, what are your thoughts on that chat? I gotta get some of some of these graphics, and we're go, we're about to go around the NBA, look at scores, and look at performances tonight. But uh, right. before we do so, any questions about the team that you want us to answer? Chat, fire them away, and uh, then we'll wrap up with looking across the league. Jackson said, "Stotts would say it was good offense. It just didn't go in." Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's exactly what would be said. Uh, Aurelia Diaz says, hey, the Bucks struggled early trying to improve and look where they went. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Tori and I have been talking about that all offseason. They actually tried some new things, had one of the best defenses um, and offenses in the league and uh, switched some of that stuff up and cost themselves some games and a seed or two in the playoffs, but it ended up working out for them. Yep. Um, all right. Logan, we're, we're just going to do the one interview tonight. Yeah, we're just doing the one interview. Um, do you think Ant should catch 25 minutes per game? Okay, so after this is a good question for you, Eric. After tonight's game with how Nas and Anthony Simons looked, Norman played some two with Nas at the three. Would Ant you... played a little bit with both Damon CJ and Damon Norm. Yeah, so like... If it was one or the other with Nas or Ant, who would you give more minutes to if you could only give more minutes to one of them? In chat, you can answer this, Well, too. I'll take the cough-out answer and say right now is if Nas is on a minute restriction. And, um, but, see, this is tough because I think Ant deserves more minutes, but he also has better options playing those minutes if that makes sense so you don't get hurt as much if he only plays 20 minutes versus if Nas is doing good things um but i don't know i i feel like ants on the verge of a breakout and all he needs is is a bigger role and that's all that's holding him back right now i i just i feel like he's ready he's come in this year um extremely confident um he just he's got that dame demeanor on the court where he doesn't seem to get too high or too low um i just think it's all in the making there for him to just bust out and be um a really good player this year so i would just feed him as many minutes as he can get he never really seems tired out there either so i feel like his conditioning's in good mm-hmm. uh shape right now so man i i would just give ant as many minutes as possible until he proves otherwise yeah and the biggest knock on him was oh his point guard ability his playmaking ability his passing ability dude he had some dimes today that dime to larry nance was something else that was Uh impressive so that's the thing he's showcasing that was nice too yeah he's (laughs) showcasing that man that's impressive uh so if he can pass like that and play make like that then it's a different conversation about him as a player he's a complete offensive player if he can do that he needs yeah. to get downhill a little bit more but overall it's he's a guy that you can play at either guard position then so defense different story we'll have to wait and see on how he looks throughout the season uh he showed improvement towards the end of last year but yeah you give him 25 minutes a game and see what he does with it because if he has games like tonight 11 and 4 in what 18 minutes yeah and That's he shoots five for six. Yeah, dude. I <laughs> That's mean, like better than CJ levels some years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, he's not going to play that well every night. But right. if you give him 25 to 30 minutes a game and he can do that somewhat consistently, he's in the sixth man of the year conversation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The only reason why I hesitate a little bit is because if Nas turns into a really good player, um, I think he needs minutes to do that. It does raise our ceiling because he's, you know, a wing and can guard 
some players that can't. Um, so I do think having both of them develop is important. So I'd love to answer for that to be both of them to get minutes. And uh, honestly, I'm I'm fine with obviously Dame's not going to play 40 minutes a game, so that's where you know five of those minutes could come to get him to 23 uh, for Ant at least. And then um, you know you give just a few minutes from Norm and uh, Roko to Nas when whenever Nas is ready to play more minutes. Um, so I don't think it's that far off from those guys getting into the 25 minute range. Um, but I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with guys like Norm and Rocco and, uh, uh, maybe even Nurk playing, you know, 27, 28 minutes and letting our bench players play a little more than, than normal. Um, and this is probably the first year I felt that way. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Are you ready to go around the NBA, Eric? Yeah. All right. So, game one. This was a pick. I mean, picks against the spread. I took the Pacers. I am disappointed in myself. Eric took the Hornets. He is happy. Uh, the Mellow Ball has a big game. The Hornets were down about 20 midway through the third quarter. Uh, let me pull up the box score for this game. You have Demonis Abonis with 33 and 15 in the loss. Chris Duarte, the Oregon rookie, had 27 points. He looked good. He got the start today. If he's having games like that, he's a candidate for Rookie of the Year for sure. But LaMelo Ball, the second-year player, 31 points, 7 assists for the Hornets. Uh, this Bull score is interesting, Eric. The Bulls win 94-88. to <laughs> Zach Levine they had... didn't look great. Yep, Zach Levine had a big game for them. Uh, Jeremy Grant, 24 points in the loss. They just they could not score the ball. They had 17 turnovers. They shoot 30% from three. And I think offensively, they're going to be a team whose pieces don't really fit too well together. And off the bench, they, they're playing. They didn't play Derek Jones Jr. I don't know why, but they're playing like Alex Caruso, Javante Green, Troy Brown Jr., Alizé Johnson, Io Sunmu. Their bench is going to be the thing that holds them back this year, in my opinion. Uh, but they do get the win over the Detroit Pistons. Cade Cunningham did not play tonight. Feel free to give thoughts on any of these games or teams, Eric. Yeah, that bull squeaked out that spread. <laughs> yep. Um, Jalen Brown has a big game for the Celtics. Julius Randle has a good game. Double Knicks overtime. win in double overtime. This was a game where the Knicks pretty much choked regulation. They were up six with about half a minute remaining, and some turnovers caused them some issues. The Celtics come back, but uh, Evan Fournier has a big game for the Knicks. They win 138 to 134. The Wizards blow out the Raptors 98-83. This was the first game in Toronto since the start of the, of the pandemic. The Raptors have been uh, without Pascal Siakam and will continue to be without him up through around the late November is the projected return date for Siakam. Might be a little bit later than that. The Wizards get a win. Montres Harrell has 22 points for them. Memphis beats the Cavs 132-121. Uh, John Morant has a big game for the Grizzlies, 37 points. Jared Allen has 25 points for the Cavs. The Timberwolves blow out the Rockets. Jalen Green struggled in his regular season debut. Carl Anthony Towns has a 30-pointer for Minnesota, who is a sleeper team for a lot of people going into this year, especially Reese. That's Reese's favorite sleeper team. You got the Sixers without Ben Simmons beating the Pelicans without Zion Williamson, 117-97. to You have the Spurs blowing out the Magic, 123-97. to 
Uh, I got to see what my guy Jalen Suggs did in this game. He was three for 14. You hate to see it. That makes me oh. sad. How did Keldon Johnson Keldon Johnson, 6 for 12, 15 points. So uh, I have him as a dark horse pick for most improved, but in order to get that, he's going to have to average around 20. So only 15. It was a solid shooting game from him, but uh, not going to get it done if he's going to win most improved. Devin Vassell, Eric, 19 off the bench. Lonnie Walker, 17 off the bench. So a team-oriented effort there for the San Antonio Spurs. And then you have the... Oklahoma City Thunder, they're going to get blown out every game this year. I <laughs> Utah was a 13.5 point favorite in this. I picked the Thunder, and I regret that pick. I did not do well today in picks against the spread. And then the final game, the Nuggets beat the Suns 110 to 98 in Phoenix. So they get some revenge for their second round loss last year, Eric. Uh, yeah. That's a interesting box score. Let me see. What did. What did Jokic and who did well in Denver? I haven't seen his box. Uh, Jokic, 27-13. Only two assists. Kind of surprising. Uh, you have Will Barton with 20 hmm. for the Nuggets. Will Barton, we'll see if he can stay healthy. He's had his health issues. Compazzo's coming off the bench. He didn't score in 20 minutes. For the Suns, Jake Crowder, 0 for 5 from 3. So hopefully he's not Harrison Barnes next game against us. Uh, will be two games from now for them. Uh Mikhail Bridges led them in scoring. Devin Booker was 3 for 15. There's your game right there. Uh, 3 for 15 from Devin Booker. That's not good. They had 18 turnovers, did the Phoenix Suns. Notable for performances from across the league. Zach Levine has a big game. Harrison Barnes, there's his stat line from his game against the Blazers. 36 points, 9 boards, 8 for 11 from 3. Julius Randle almost has a triple-double. Jalen Brown... Head-to-head against Julius Randle. That's a big fantasy night for anybody who plays fantasy basketball. Jalen Brown, 46 points. And then John Morant is potentially a dark horse candidate for most improved. Uh, If he's having performances like tonight, then he is definitely going to be a front-runner. He had a good season last year, but if he takes the jump into borderline superstar, which he had a borderline superstar type of night, then it's a conversation for most improved for sure. All righty. Uh, let's look at, I'm not ready for the standings, so let's just get that in there. See, I told you guys it's going to be disjointed, but that's what we got for graphics this year. I'm just showing everything off to you at this point. Um, let me get the standings tab set up. Any thoughts from any performances tonight, Eric? Uh, no. (laughs) Well, I just want to say... Tonight, combined with last night, I think um, it's an overreaction to panic necessarily, but at the same time, when you didn't play one of the elite teams in the West, like some of these other teams that lost, like a Phoenix or a a Lakers or Nets, that um, you also should have won this game probably, so it kind of sucks with our difficult early schedule that we lost this one tonight at home yeah that is what makes it rough um (sighs) yeah because we're we're not gonna have a chance to pick up a lot of wins against easy teams for the first 20 games of the season this Mm -hmm. was one of the easier games at home so we gotta try and stay around 500 it it would suck to go into the season 0-2 right off the bat 
But it's very possible next game's against the Phoenix Suns, so that's not going to be an easy win by any means. So the game after that is against the Clippers. That game might be winnable, but it's also the first game on the road for us. So uh, hopefully it doesn't get worse. It's going to be a work in progress on some things with this team. I just don't want it to get so bad early that everybody is jumping off ship, so to say. We just got to tread water We'll have a chance to make a run later on in the season when our schedule gets easier, but uh, that's a great point. Is it, it hurts losing a game against the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, but if we beat the Suns on Saturday... Then oh, yeah, they, they were, then we're chilling, then we're celebrating, then we're, then we're all good. <laughs> it kinda, all right. we, we win one, we probably counted as a loss earlier mm-hmm. in the year, and then we lose one. Yeah, so... Yep. Let's just take a look at the standings. It's kind of pointless to take a look at the standings. I'm mostly just showing this off. Uh, we're gonna. <laughs> you just want to use the graphics. Yeah, I just want to use the graphics, and I'm having Chris make them so he can get used to them. Um, standings. I mean, they're gonna flip around and whatnot, but we will show them after every stream for anybody who's interested. San Antonio, Utah, Minnesota, Denver, Memphis, Golden State, Sacramento, all looking good. Dallas and LA. The LA Clippers have not played yet. Uh, you got Portland, the Lakers, Phoenix. Those are three presumably playoff teams starting off at 0-1. So uh, should be a lot of movement early on in the season. It'll be interesting to see which one of these winless or which one of these teams that is undefeated will last the longest. Because I'm not expecting it to be San Antonio, Minnesota, Memphis, or Sacramento. Golden State, Denver, Utah. Are kind of the three teams. We'll see which one of them lasts the longest. Yeah. Uh, obviously, depends on schedule and everything. Let's mm-hmm. take a look at the Eastern Conference standings. We got them both. You got Atlanta and Miami haven't played yet. I assume they're playing tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what the schedule is like tomorrow. There's only a couple of games. Philadelphia gets a win without Ben Simmons. Milwaukee. You got more top-level teams up there. Uh, at the top of the East. But Brooklyn loses opening night. It'll be interesting to see how they rebound. Uh, Brooklyn has a Pelicans logo, so I think Chris missed that one. But <laughs> overall, good job tonight, Chris. Your first day doing post-game graphics. Looking good. And hopefully you guys will enjoy this as the season goes along and we're able to incorporate more and make it a more seamless production. More seamless production. Just... Just like the best teams go winless in preseason, the best teams are 0-1, right? Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, looking ahead, you got Phoenix, you got the Clippers, and after that we got Memphis. So, hopefully we start off 2-2. Two two. All right, we're at 0-1 right now. Uh, I think we're a better team than the Clippers, better team than the Grizzlies, and I think the Suns are probably a better team than us right now. Uh, definitely a better team than us right now. So, winning two out of those games would be huge. Get us to 500, and then hopefully we can tread water. That'll be the goal. The stream of this audio will be up on Spotify. If you missed the start of the stream, we are uploading post-game audio to Spotify. So all you have to do is search Portland Trailblazers under podcasts, and we should be right there. Uh, Other than that, anything else you want to recap for this game, Eric? No, I just want to thank everyone who tuned in and watched. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Chat's been great tonight. There hasn't really been too many fights or trolls so i appreciate everyone for uh you know not getting in stupid personal battles and insults Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so for the most part chat was great and we appreciate everyone for tuning in and we'll look forward to seeing you guys after every game this year hopefully 
Yep, and I appreciate our early season MVP, Andrew Miller, with another $5 <laughs> dono. He says, great job as usual. I look forward to watching you guys go Blazers. Appreciate it, man. We appreciate no worries, you guys rolling with us, making us a part of your night. We are looking forward to getting things kind of rolling in far, as far as the season goes. The first stream is always a little bit, a little bit weird, right. man. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. I'm not, I get a rhythm. It's kind of like basketball. I feel like we get a rhythm as the season goes on, and our post-game shows are bangers. And at the start of the season, it's just weird to be doing a post-game show. It's weird that basketball is actually back. It's weird to be throwing these graphics up here for you guys. But I love it. I love that you guys have made this all possible. We're going to have a fun season three of Blazers Uprise. Uh, anything anything well, else you want to say? Trevin said I gave a teaser of talking about Dame earlier. Um let me just say, this is why I immediately called BS anytime a reporter such as Henry Abbott or whoever said their Dame was about to request a trade mm-hmm. or a trade was going to happen within 48 hours or whatever the BS they said, or he told the, his teammates he was like 75% he was going to ask for a trade. Um, I immediately called that out as wrong and that Dame wouldn't do that. Um, and Dame even said in his press conference yesterday that the only times that people thought that were when people were trying to like infer something that he never said. Mm -hmm. And, uh, looking back on those press conferences where he said he hadn't made up his mind, this is why I said this starting pretty much from the beginning of Blazers Uprise. Uh, a couple years ago after post games when I got mad that people were saying that Dame should request a trade is that you're basically calling into question his character when he does that. So when Dame says, uh, I haven't made that decision yet, I already know that he's going to make the decision to stay because he would make the decision to stay true to himself. Even if he has to think about it for a minute he'll always realize that he's not the type of person that will run from this. And he's said time and time again that he wants to win here or die trying. And he would rather go down trying, uh, staying loyal to Portland than to get a ring a cheap way. Kevin Durant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That way. So that's why I never wavered this summer. I mean, you guys that watched, know that I never thought for a second that Dane was going to ask out. I don't think we're in jeopardy of him asking out in the future, short of something really tragic happening. I think he's earned the right to be here as long as he wants to be here. So I will be equally mad at the organization if they decide to kick him out the door, which I don't think that's going to happen either. But um, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no way this guy, we're not going to build around CJ and, and like that crap isn't going to happen all those people who said crap like that they're just full of crap all offseason they made crap up to fan their feud towards Olshay and to um you know tear apart the franchise and um they literally made stories up all summer about this stuff and uh i'm just happy and we're certainly lucky to have a guy like dame uh represent our city and uh yeah uh that guy i mean he can't make it any more clear he is staying in portland 
I don't believe that was just for this season or for now. I don't think that uh, exclaimer was on there, uh, disclaimer. Um, so I, I think he's going to stay, and I think he realized this offseason after maybe contemplating it that, no, man, that's not who I am, and uh, I think he's in it for the long haul. And I want to also say this. Chauncey Billups, he was thrilled when we hired Billups. He really likes Billups. And I truly believe I was right on this from day one. Dame logged on Twitter thinking he was about to post a tweet being excited about Chauncey Billups. And before he could tweet that, saw all this crap about Dame's dead to me. If Dame doesn't... uh, block this hire from happening he's he <laughs> he should be out of portland too and all this crap mm-hmm. and for the first time in his career tory wrote a great article about how ridiculous it was on blazer surprise i was doing good the you whole were night. doing good eric's had a bit of a cough and he's been feeling <laughs> well um yeah but, uh but anyways <laughs> I said right then that he was more mad that he had to answer questions about his character that day. <coughs> and oh, couldn't be happy. Couldn't be happy that he had the coach he wanted. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> it might it might be mute time. Ah, oh, Trevin, you set him off the edge. Yeah, Eric's had a cough for the past few days and he's been performing wonderful wonderfully tonight. It's one of those coughs where the more you talk, the the worse it gets. So Dang, Eric, you almost made it through, man. And then Trevin had to get you ranting. Um, I blame, I blame, I blame Trevin. This is all Trevin's fault. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Trevin. But yeah, I will plug that article in the. Uh, but um, you, you, you good? You ready to sub back in? Yesterday, I think we saw him for the first time, actually feeling comfortable talking about Chauncey. Because if if you've noticed, he hasn't really said much yeah. about Chauncey specifically. But yesterday, he was finally like, "Oh man, we talk every day. We have all these great conversations. I want to win for Chauncey, and I want to be here for him." And uh, and I I think that was the first sign that he is now over that, and that allowed him to express what he felt about Portland. But I feel. I feel like the only reason why he even questioned being here was because he got questioned about not blocking someone being hired, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. People are taking your comment out of, out of context. First time in his career, Tory wrote a good article. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's... You sum it up pretty well when you talk about it, man. There's really nothing to add as far as that goes. Dame, it's in his blood, man. Dame's a loyal guy, and this city should be loyal to him. And he's of utmost character. He's a great, great guy. Uh, So, wouldn't wouldn't rather have anyone else leading this franchise, because that's the thing is, in a small market, you have to have stars that are willing to stay loyal. You got Giannis in Milwaukee. You got Dame in Portland. Some people will say you got Steph in Golden State, but it's easy to stay loyal when you're winning a bunch of championships. So uh, that's why I'm a big Giannis fan. I, I love Giannis yeah. too because Giannis stays loyal, and that's why I really appreci- appreciate Dame, and it should not go understated. So it was nice to hear Dame be able to speak positively about Chauncey Billups. I enjoyed listening to that. And, man, I watched this. I retweeted it. Um 
But Milwaukee had this video of Giannis and him talking when he signed the extension. So before the last season started, mm-hmm. um, and it you know a little bit of it was about some of the other players, but it was mostly about Giannis and his journey and stuff, and then winning the ring and stuff. It was a really cool video, and it was emotional just watching it. Like not being a Bucks fan, I cannot imagine that feeling if Dame wins a ring for Portland yeah, and getting to see all these videos of him being questioned or why don't you leave or why don't you join this team or that team? And honestly, getting a ring like that, Giannis's ring last year, uh, Dirk's ring in 2011, there's just certain seasons and certain players that earn the respect of, uh, the NBA and their legacy and stuff. And they, mm-hmm. it just means more. And that, that would be one of the most impactful or meaningful rings of any player in NBA history. If Dame was able to achieve that here with the team, like he has now. So um, I just would love for that to happen for Dame to uh, reward his loyalty. And uh, I, I cannot imagine how much I would cry every time seeing a video like that uh, for years after winning a title. Yep. Shout Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller is running away with that. We might oh, as Lord. well just give him the MVP right now. $50 dono, Andrew. You're the man. Uh, he says, I've had people talk to me about how selfish it is to keep Dame. I don't care about other teams achieving success with him. Let me be clear. Dame is here until we win like 77, unless he wants to go. No trade for Dame is on the table ever. Absolutely not. Nobody. I wouldn't trade Dame for anybody in the league. Unless Dame wants out. If Dame wants out, then you trade him. You try and make him happy. Uh, But Dame is a loyal guy. It's in his blood to ride through things through thick and thin. And we've had some good moments. It might not be the championship that everybody's gunning for. But we've had a lot of good moments with Dame. We've had some lows. He's the type of guy to ride through it. You do not trade that guy who is that loyal to you as an organization you have you, you got to be loyal to him. It's the right thing to do. It's just the smart thing to do. It's there. There's no trade for Dame that I would take mm-hmm. unless Dame wanted out. No trade at all because there's some things that go beyond which superstar is leading your team. Like mm-hmm. you you got to have a found an organization with a foundation of integrity loyalty leadership like you need those qualities and when you have somebody that's been here nine years and wants to be here that has all those qualities he's the foundation of your organization dame is the foundation of the portland trailblazers you absolutely do not trade away that foundation for something else even if it is a guy who's a little bit more talented on the basketball court there's not many Mm. there's not many more talented players on the basketball court than damian lillard even if they are you don't just you don't trade dame so that's a great comment andrew miller appreciate you appreciate the 50 dollars donation that's crazy uh hopefully that wasn't a typo with an extra zero um (laughs) uh, appreciate you man you have a good night andrew thanks for all your support for the channel (laughs) yep uh so anyway i'm about ready to wrap up the stream if you are eric yep thank you everyone a couple days off i've been grinding hard so i'm 
gonna enjoy taking a couple days off <laughs> i've been working on stuff all day long i was mentally burnt out from the game and working on stuff by the time this stream started so i'm looking forward to being able to do a post game stream where i'm not completely mentally burnt out but i had a lot of fun tonight at that at the same time and uh, i'm excited to bring you guys what we're going to bring you guys this year and the product that we're going to put on the table for you so i'm glad <coughs> that you enjoy it it means the world to me it means the world that you guys give us this platform to be able to talk about the portland trailblazers with you on because without you i know it's cliche but without the community this wouldn't be a thing i'm not doing all this stuff graphically for no one i'm doing it for you guys and hopefully you guys will continue to enjoy it so with that being said if you missed part of the stream the audio will be up on spotify i'll upload that tonight and with that we are out of here that's a wrap for the first post game show we'll catch you again live on saturday after the blazers take on the phoenix suns so until then have a good rest of your night as always peace out go blazers